Charlie, a uh, quick question. I know we, we budget things for the podcast, but mm-hmm. um, what would it cost us to attain the rights temporarily for the podcast so I can play the Ric Flair uh, music when he walks into the ring? Um, I'm trying more, to plan the budget for my victory lap. We, have, we do not have that type of money. Well, I need you to work on that. I don't know what kind of connections you have with the industry, but I need you to go ahead and work on that. Talk to all the underground Lucha Libre connections that you have. A Lucha Libre shit we can, get from, we can get. It's it's the Ric Flair we can't. I, I, I need the Ric Flair, Charlie. This is this is my victory lap. I, I need the music to match this because you always win and you always have the upper hand and you're this, always ruining things for me. But I was right this your time. Fight song? I was, this is my fight song. I don't want to sing the rest of it because I don't know it. But Neither do I. Um, but yes, this is my this is my this is my moment, Charlie. This is this is my Pop Tarts are dessert ravioli moments. I I predicted Frost from my list correctly, which I found on the internet, which was leaked. And you said no, Frost isn't happening. I said Frost isn't confirmed yet. Frost isn't confirmed. You're speaking malarkey, and I said no, Charlie. I've never Believe said the word the malarkey Reddit. to you ever, except for just Believe- now. <laughs> Believe in the Reddit, Charlie. Oh, Alex, you're so naive. Pish posh. As you adjusted your monocle and top hat. And this continue is the, the second podcast time in 24 hours the, the concept of me owning a monocle has come up. <laughs> I'd like to know the first time after this, actually. I'm very legit interested in this. Was it me? Did I bring up the monocle? No, no this was a totally separate topic. Okay, perfect. Well, today... I get to wear the monocle and top hat, Charlie, because I was right. Frost is in Mortal Kombat 11. I don't get the vitriol. The release. I don't get the... Yeah, it was a leaked list. Like, I, like, like with right. every leaked roster list, it's the, okay, let's wait for the game to actually come out before we, you know, claim this as gospel. Like, we all remember how correct that Smash Ultimate leak list was. But I wasn't banking on that list. That's I fair. was banking on Frost. I was like, yeah, no, it's pretty much confirmed that this source is going to be there, uh, just as, without the trailer. As someone who loves Frost, but also believed that they would never see Frost again, I did not want to believe for the sake of getting my hopes up. And no, Frost, you're absolutely right. Frost is in K- MK11. Can you say that one more time, please? Frost is in K- MK11. Bef- before that, there was another another statement. Can you say that? I didn't Hold on. want Hold on. to let believe me, let me call, Frost Let me call the MK11. dogs over. Let me call the dogs over. I'm going to put the headphones on them. Come here. Okay, I'm gonna put the headphones on the dog. I want you to tell them that I was right. I didn't say that because they don't. They don't believe me. They don't believe me. When were you right? With Frost, I was right. No, no, the leaks were right. You just brought the leaks to our attention. Yeah, therefore I'm the middleman. I was right. Yeah, the middleman gets no credit. The middleman always gets credit. That's what a dealership is. We kill the middleman frequently. He's the messenger. No, no, assassins are on their way. (laughs) The line is you don't kill the messenger. Yeah, that's the middleman. No. Yes. Stop it, Charlie. No. I'm sorry. Is this no. victory lap getting a little out of control? You spinning out some? Did someone no. manage to turn this away from you in ways you weren't expecting? No. No, Charlie. This is my victory lap. You can't take this from me. Are you NASCAR and hard? Were you showboating? And now you're kind of spinning across the track going, shit, I may have won, but... I wasn't ready for the cost of, of victory. No, no, you weren't, Alex. Now I'm going to have an addiction to some sort of hard drugs. And... Yeah, you are. Oh, God. 
The boys Am are I coming. <laughs> are the boys coming to get me, Charlie? Hope you like dolphins, motherfucker. No. <laughs> we put snakes to... in that bed. This was supposed to be my win. I wasn't supposed to be like this. Congratulations on winning, Alex. <laughs> How does it feel? Like tiger blood. We're gonna dump that on you too. And welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. The Wicked Awesome Podcast. Wow. 152 episodes and I fucked that up in the intro. Well, first sentence in, I already fucked it up. Cast is short for podcast, so it's not wrong. (laughs) I'm I'm not wrong, I'm just kind of a jerk about it. Well, depending on which episode it is, I have a space between cast and wicked because I'm inconsistent that way, so... No worries, but yes. One episode 152 of the Wicked Awesome cast. Uh, we are your hosts and frequent guests, because we don't really have that many guests that often. Uh, I am, of course, Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online, a.k.a. Are, are you just stupid this morning? Like, we are your hosts and frequent guests? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're guests in their homes <laughs> and their ears and their, like, media storage devices, I guess, but, like... I yes. <laughs> is this when we announced like Alex was a guest we had on once and just refused to stop showing up for the podcast or something? I, I'm the dude who shows up to your house after the party's over and doesn't know that his welcome has been super extended and he's got to go. But like the I'm day after the party is over while you're cleaning up, being like, yo, I heard there was a party. I came for that. And you're like, uh, you can get a beer if you want. The three weeks later, he's still there being like, yo, I live here now. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, somebody uh, has left some stuff in your pool. Just letting you know. Someone took, a sh- someone took a shit in your pool. We're the only two people here. Yeah, it was me. It was yeah. me. <laughs> but yes, uh, we are here. Wicked Awesome Cast 152. Um, I introduced myself. I don't think I got to you. You are Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak. Are you Mordak officially now on I'm PS4 s- as well? No, I'm still 916. I... I, I, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna do a coordinated blitz across all of my gaming platforms to change my gamer tag to the same thing everywhere again because there's a uh-huh. couple other like weird outliers out there that I don't know how the hell they happened but I have yet to find the new name I am going to yet for it. Are you retiring Mordak? I think I am. I I I would love to use Mordak, but I just can't. It seems. Or maybe a variation on Mordak. I don't know. Like, I, if gamer tags in the modern era are terrible, like part of me kind of almost wishes I could change my gamer tag to like that Charlie. Because mm-hmm. I'm it's... just I'm I'm just kind of fucking done in a weird way with gamer tags. Like it's the the number of people complaining about realism in games, and then they're like, "Well, who, what do you play? Oh, I play this Blunt Master 420." It's like, "Fuck you, motherfucker." My gamer tag at least like sounds like a name you might give a character. <laughs> Bloodmaster four twenty. If you don't make that your next tag, that's how I'm introducing you next week. Please, don't. you're going to be Bloodmaster four twenty. Please don't. <laughs> like the 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 number of Vegeta variants I've played out there with. It's like I, I I get you love Dragon Ball, but like I assume you're a weeb based off your gamer tag, and that's cool, I guess, but. <laughs> Funny. 
Every time Goku Black is some high-pitched, like, whiny kid, I get sad. I'm like, oh, you're not the evil Goku. <laughs> or someone who, like, embodies the idea of evil Goku. Oh, man, that's great. I, I look forward to seeing what your journey leads you to with this damn I, thing. I, I, I miss the time back when your gamer tag, like, at least was a small window into who you were as a person or, like, an introduction to who you might be humor-wise. Like, back when I played Battlefield, like, all the people named, like, a wall or, like, bad puns that was like, you got killed by gamertag here that were, like, in their minds funny. It's like, okay, yeah, these people are terrible people. Why? They made their gamertags fucking puns. I'm gonna kill these people. <laughs> What's wrong with puns? Nothing. I, it's, 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 but you get an insight into who they are based off their gamer tag, where it's like, if your gamer tag was like the punish, it was like the punster, or the pun capital P U N isher, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to play with this guy. He's gonna laugh at his own jokes the entire time. I would. <laughs> and you do. Oh, uh, I'm gonna be that guy. You are I'm, that I'm guy. I'm gonna make a bunch of puns. <laughs> That's true. I am. Me yeah, saying like, I want to be that guy is just silly because, yeah, let's be honest. That's just who I am. Like, I, I'm kind of surprised you've not changed your gamer tag to like Lord of the Puns, Breaker of the Fourth Wall, or something for gamer tags. Like, that feels like a gamer tag you would have, like without irony. Where it's like, no, nah, this is who I am. That's true. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. Lord of the Puns is pretty good, actually. Yeah. I may have to do that. Punster. Huh. The punister? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like Maeve. I'll just take No, that, that, that's fine. Like, it's. <laughs> I've I, never wanted to criticize people that have, like, gamer tags that are, like, actual names. It's people that have, like, I'm a fuck your mom for a gamer tag. It's like, I don't want to play with you. Why? I don't want. It's like, I don't want to be playing a game. Like, okay, I'm a fuck your mom. Where you at? <laughs> Like, there was a Destiny group I raided with a bunch that, like, one of the guys had, like, a sentence for a name. It just, it was like, I'm not saying that every time I need your help, man. Fuck you for having that. I'm gonna pick the word <laughs> and out of your gamer tag and call you and the rest of the session. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's... Sony needs to release a bunch of gamer names that aren't, like, in active use is the real story I'm getting out of all this. Yeah, but it's like Blizzard scenario. Like, they have to be inactive for a long fucking time before Some they Some of these names it. are inactive for a long time. Like, I... Remember, you can just make a gamer tag for PSN for free. That's true. Yeah, that's right. You don't... Yeah, because you don't need to buy anything to have a nope. PSN name. Like, we are actively squatting on several gamer tags I thought were funny. <laughs> they should take them away from me. Jeez. <laughs> there is one I own just so I never have to play against someone with that gamer tag on PSN, actually. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's. That's. <laughs> you just own spite usernames, it sounds yeah. like. Several. But the same thing could happen to you. They could take those if they've been inactive, unless no, you purposely no, signed into them every they few should. months. They should absolutely take them. Like it was one of those ones where I was using the um, Google multiple signup trick you can do is by putting periods in it to like sit on a bunch of gamer tags I just didn't want to see. Because uh, back in PSN for uh, for PS3 days, less people were using it, so there were way more gamer tags available. 
So like, I think I couldn't even log into anymore. I don't think, but I think I own like Xbox sucks the PSN name. Mm. Just because it was like I don't want to see this ever. I'm gonna take my ball and go home. I'm gonna take your ball and like throw it over a fence while I'm at it. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing all of them getting uh, taken from you. Yeah. At some point. This is a weird preamble vibe, despite the fact that we're in the fucking podcast. I know, right? Because we just talked on a tangent about these yep. names. <laughs> yep. You want to do weeks? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's, let's have you start, and then I'll. Yeah. So, um,. I spent my time with the, uh, the the next iteration of an epic franchise. Uh, it's it's revered. It's just done unbelievably well for itself lately. Uh, it's I think everyone's been super excited for this iteration of it. It appeals to kind of like a whole spectrum of people, but like it's a thing people have been waiting. A certain group's been waiting for for a really long time. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Cobra Kai season two. I knew you were going to fucking say Cobra Kai Season 2. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I was thinking to myself, what the fuck could be coming out? Because we were talking about this. Just for context, Charlie and I were talking about uh, that I attended the second biggest premiere that was expected this week. And I was like, what the fuck's the first one? And he's like, you'll find out. And I thought to myself, what's the only thing Charlie talks about that he actually enjoys recently? Mm, and I fucking knew it was Cobra Kai Season 2. It's Cobra Kai Season 2. <sighs> it's real fucking it. good. Uh, it's... Continuing the Cobra Kai path, they like I, so like, it rests on a so Cobra Kai one was kind of the top level. You've seen the Karate Kid, let's have some fun with you version of this. Cobra Kai two is that deep lore cut where it's like, okay, you're in. Let's reference some shit a lot of people don't know about actually. So, uh, Alex, how many Karate Kid movies are there? Uh, three. No, Five, wait, four. But- Four, right? There's the original three, and then there's the one with Jaden Smith. No, there's another one. There's another one? There is the one that's called Karate Kid Part 2, where daniel San is replaced by, I don't remember her name, but it's a, it's a female protagonist. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And that one is dark as shit. Is it? Like, where um, Karate Kid 1 is very of the 80s, Karate Kid Part 2 is very of the 90s. Mm-hmm. It involves part where, like the main character like, kicks the ass of like twelve people in the field. Like it's it is dark in ways I was not expecting that one to be. But you know what happens in the like, so we'll, we'll call the original uh, Karate Kids ones the, the Daniel the the, uh, the Danielson saga. Do you know how the Daniel saga ends? I don't actually. Daniel becomes Cobra Kai briefly. Really? Uh so I. The first movie's the one everyone knows. The second movie's they go to Okinawa. And the third one is Daniel-san is becoming kind of, well, the Daniel-san we know from Cobra Kai, the TV show, where it's kind of, he's a bit of a jerk. And Miyagi goes, you need to stop competing. Like This isn't the point of Miyagi-Do karate. And he says, fuck you, no, I'm not doing I'm winning. And then joins Cobra Kai. It doesn't stick. I don't remember that one well. But so... A lot of people were confused. Like so, all three original movies are where the bizarre lore of uh, Dan uh, Danny is the bad guy comes from. Oh, okay, yeah, you've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah, so. like it's it's one of those ones where it's like the first movie by itself, like it's the, you can recontextualize everything to make it work, but also like it's the 
you go to the final one, it's like, no, he's just as bad, except, like, he's had the strong male role model the entire time. Like, it's... And Cobra Kai Season 2 is they take that aspect of it and crank it to 11, where, again, like, it's the story of Johnny Lawrence and, um, Danny La- and Daniel LaRusso, where it's... Daniel LaRusso has everything, but, like, is so caught up in who he was in high school. He's made his entire career based off of it. Like, he cannot let Johnny Lawrence have Cobra Kai because he hates Cobra Kai, a thing from when he was a teenager that, like, it, like, fucks up his marriage and his job, and, like, he becomes so obsessive with destroying it that it causes Mm real-world problems. And, like, like, there's other aspects to the show where, like, Daniel LaRusso, like, Danny's, uh, Daniel's daughter is the worst character of the show. Like, it's the all the like a lot of the terrible shit that happens on the show is because of uh, Daniel's daughter, and that's a problem. Uh. Like a lot of the first season is kind of is kicked off by Daniel's daughter being a fucking terrible person and him siding with her because it's Johnny Lawrence and Johnny Lawrence, an adult, absolutely would be making this shit up, and not your teenage daughter who's like going down a weird dark path because you're kind of a shitty dad okay yeah it it's got stuff where like it's spoilers for the first season i guess be an entire fucking year to watch it so fuck you i like uh johnny lawrence has a son the son is estranged because uh, his like ex-wife or the kid's mom at least is a fucking monster who like at one point in the second season does the i'm back ditches him for months comes back to go like Yo, I'm going to rehab. You should stay with your dad or these people that took you in. And this is after Daniel LaRusso like, doesn't even contact Johnny. Let him know, like, hey, I have your son. He's staying with me because your mm-hmm. like wife is a shittle. He's like bypassing any legal claim he might have. Like, and it's been established. Johnny wants to know his kid. Like, they do a fantastic job again of explaining like why him and his kid are estranged. He's like, yeah, I was a shit dad. I did not know how to be a dad. Like, I, he's like. I wasn't there for his birth because I'd been on a three-day bender trying to get the courage up to be there for his birth. It's like, I'm terrible. But, like, yeah, it's... Danny trains a fucked-up kid to hurt other people, not realizing what he's doing, and it kind of culminates in a, like, yeah, you don't understand any of what Miyagi-O Karate was about. It's... uh, the, the the critical reviews of the show have been complicated where it's like, it's not as good as the first season. Like, no, it's not because it's better. It's just not the nostalgia trip you all wanted. Like, we're doubling down on why weirdos like me were like, yo, this show is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got some great fight scenes in it. Like, it's, it's, again, it continues to be fun. It continues to be dark and it continues to kind of like, it is written by people that have like watched that those movies just Way too many goddamn. I forgot about Johnny Lawrence. Uh, sorry, Johnny Caruso. Uh, Johnny Larusso, Cobra Kai. Until they're like, remember when Johnny was part of Cobra Kai? I'm like, I do. He was terrible. The shows have also transitioned nicely into the idea of maybe you shouldn't teach teenagers how to fight better, which is kind of what the Cobra Kai movies or what the what the other two Karate Kid movies kind of touched on eventually, where it's like. Maybe we shouldn't be weaponizing teenagers. They're already hormonal psycho messes. Huh. But dumb intros for Cobra Kai is not. I also played Mortal Kombat 11. It's great. It's really great. That's the, the story mode for Mortal Kombat 11 is 
like the last two games, but holy shit, definitely for this game, way better than it needs to be. I, it's the combat feels good. Combat with a K, mind you. Um, it's a really good game. I there is the black cloud kind of floating around of the whole microtransaction thing, but also it feels like the microtransaction thing is a little bit overblown. I, I I don't know. I've had a lot of fun playing that game, but also as someone who doesn't care about a lot of the cosmetic stuff, I online's been fun. I'm playing like uh, Scorpion. The, the, the content stuff for that is apparently really bad. The online? Like, no, the unlocking the, the cosmetics and doing all that stuff. Well, the, the, so, the towers and all that. So, uh, yeah, let, let's get into that one, I guess. So, I've I have never had a problem getting money in that game. Like, I, and, and like, I'm, I played some of it pre-patch, and I think I've, they've patched some to kind of adjust the economy. Some, I haven't had a problem with that yet. Mostly because, like, this is a game you're supposed to play a lot of, and there's lots of ways to get currency. There's also very little in Mortal Kombat, with the exception of like fatalities from the crypt. That's where you unlock stuff that. Uh -huh. I really care about. Like, most of the stuff in there is either more coins or, like, concept art. Like, there's occasionally gear, but the gear is cosmetic. It's the you level up to essentially unlock, like, slots that let you modify the gear, but that only matters in towers, not online, and I'm not playing the towers because the towers aren't fun because they're kind of broken, so that doesn't actually matter to me. Yeah, but like I guess when you come and look at it, Max did a really solid breakdown. Uh, for for those of you who know Maximilian, dude, he's a big FGC yeah, guy. Yeah, he did a pretty big breakdown on it, and I guess people were doing some of the number crunching. And for you to actually like work your way through towers and spend money to unlock certain because th there are certain things that you can't even attempt because you don't have items from previous RNG to even be able to attempt it in the first place. So. That's not untrue, but it's also a little bit overblown, and I guess, like, the, the, the thing that they get at that's not true is you can't actually, you can't buy everything in the game. You mm -hmm. just can't, as best I can tell. Like, it's, some of the better stuff has to be unlocked through various things, which, if you want to argue, it's like, okay, they're forcing you to play the towers, which requires unlocks. That is shitty, but also, like, I don't know, it's, I'm not convinced the towers are quite as broken as they seem just yet. But I don't know. I, I don't play the towers because I don't find the towers fun. Like, I did the first two, and I'm like, okay, yeah, towers, cool, whatever. I'm going to finish story mode. Noob Cybot mm -hmm. is fun. So, just to give you the context here, somebody did the, the math on the, what I was referring to. In MK11, it's going to cost you $6,440 cash to buy every skin in the game without grinding, assuming you have perfect luck and are checking the store every six to eight hours. Well, so, and that's what I was getting at. Like, it's the, not everything in the game will come to the store. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's not actually, like, that's worst case scenario, the actual scenario people don't know yet. And that's not a defense, it's just a, like, that's not great, but it's also a, like, that's not accurate either. It's a uh, bad worst case scenario. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's another one that kind of adds to that. I get around 760 time crystals after four hours of play. At this rate, it'll take someone 3,390 hours to unlock every skin. 3,390 hours. Yeah, I, that one's more believable. Like, but also time crystals. Time crystals aren't the primary currency of the game. 
Well, for the one for unlocking that stuff, that's what it sounds no, like. No, no, that unlocking that stuff, but also I get the impression, like, so the crypt seems to be random boxes now. So you can get hypothetically anything, for the most part, from any box in the crypt. Like, so uh, maybe I should explain the crypt first. Like, it's one of those ones where it's the, the way the store works is it cycles through, it's like, what, five items, three items every eight hours? Something uh, like, six to eight hours. Six I to eight think. hours, yeah. Like, it's, it's. But I think it's been confirmed that like some items will not be appearing in the shop ever. It's and it's I, like this is where it gets weird because like it's the I've gotten really great stuff from hell. I've gotten something that was in the shop I think from a crypt box for the in-game currency of coins with a K that you get from basically doing anything in that game. Like losing gets you coins, mm. and you get a lot of coins in that game. I, it's I don't know how accurate these numbers are because, again, like I've progressed quite a distance into the crypt already, and I've had plenty of currency to unlock stuff. But also, like a lot of the currency unlocks in there are just other currency, and the lack of static boxes—that's not great. But also, I think if you just paid money, like it's the, if you paid like had the like twenty-five bucks to unlock all of the crypt, you'd unlock everything. It's the impression I've gotten. But also, the crypt is random, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I again, I'm not saying this isn't a, this is good, but it's not like it's more nuanced than just throwing numbers around as well. It admits or kind of gets that like it's bad. Like it's the if you want to talk about how like the the crypt is random and not static and you can't get exactly what you want out of it with a guide, that kind of sucks. If you want to talk about how after the first two towers you kind of have to have these consumable items to remain competitive because it's got dumb shit where it's like. Every two seconds you get electrocuted, it breaks your combos. That also sucks. Yeah, I the towers are bad. But at the same time, like the consumables don't work in multiplayer, so again, I don't care about them. Well, the consumables that are made, they're not made for multiplayer. They're made so you can progress through the towers. Yeah. Which is not the only way to gain currency in the game. Yeah. No, that's still pretty fucking bad. Yeah, I know. The design is just sounds really fucking bad in general. No, it, yeah, it... It is. It's also, like, I, I don't know what the numbers of people engaging with that stuff have been previously, so, yeah, I, I, I haven't touched that stuff. I've had a lot of fun with the story mode. I've had a lot of, touch, of fun with online. The character customization stuff I do have access to is cool. Like, the fact that you can kind of customize what movesets you want is a lot of fun, and I think does some cool things for that game, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's the, it's not good. This other guy adjusted some. I the reaction to it kind of has this weird, unfortunate clickbaity vibe to it, where it's like it costs six thousand dollars. Like, yeah, but we don't know actually. Like, what, if it only winds up being like twenty of the easily hundreds of items in the game you, that for cosmetics you can buy out of the store, it's like okay, so it's actually not that number, and you have to play the game. I I, I don't know. Like, it's the the towers are undefendably bad, is the impression I've gotten. But as a result. I just don't touch them, and I just don't care about them, which isn't yeah. a good excuse, but also it's the, I'm here to play online and play story mode and play training mode. Those three things are fucking great. Yeah, but also, you paid X amount of money for a full game, and there's a part you just won't touch because it's so bad. I, That's a little... Mm. The first two towers were fine. It's... Like, even if the towers weren't kind of based on this weird financial stuff going on, 
I wouldn't touch the towers because I don't like fighting game arcade modes that throw like weirdness at you. Like it's the in Soul Calibur, it's fine because Soul Calibur is weird. But like in Mortal Kombat Street Fighter, the idea like my bigger issue is the modifiers they throw at you are bad. Where like I, I wasn't making up the get a shoot every two seconds aspect to break your combo. Like it's the it's it becomes bad Mortal Kombat at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it's the I'm not touching them because of the consumables. I'm touching them because they genuinely don't appeal to me. And I don't know if I'm alone in that category, but also like they cycle through, which means maybe the batch we've had so far are the bad ones. I don't know. I just don't want to touch them, period. <laughs> like I've never touched them. Even like the previous MK games or Injustice games, I don't touch those towers or the... um star labs or the multiverse whatever the fuck they're called because i just don't like them mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah it, i don't know how to talk about that stuff either because it's like i've so not cared about it that i haven't put a lot of time into figuring like, I, I don't have an opinion about that like it's the, the combat of the game is great the fighting of the game is great like this is in the weirdest way possible like despite being a fucking mortal Kombat game a weirdly progressive game like, all of the Gorin shit is there, but, like, part of the story mode is dedicated to Johnny Cage beating the ass of, like, old-school Johnny Cage being like, yo, we're better than this now, you chauvinistic asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... Where so many games have histories that are kind of awkward and like, oh, we're better now. Ain't you the game that used to have the sexy ladies in this game? It's like, yeah, we were. We're better now. Like, we are, are like, one of our most iconic characters was an asshole and is an asshole, but, like, he can change even to be, like, I'm just an asshole in general, not a misogynistic asshole kind of thing. It's... Story mode is great in that regard. hmm Yeah, I... I'm having a lot of fun with the game. Noob Saibot and Scorpion are fucking great to play as. I don't like Sub-Zero in this one, despite him having axes. Feels a little bit slower than he used to, which I get, but also, I don't want to play that. Also... To address kind of the the leaks we talked about last week, did not contain Cyrax and Sector, but man, you totally fight Cyrax and Sector as part of that story mode, and they definitely have moves. So I'm really confused why they're not playable characters. <laughs> like someone fucking animated a bunch of their special moves. I don't think they have fatal blows, but also, like they're different. Sector has his bullshit like rapid fire punch stuff. And Cyrax definitely shot that net gun at one point. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on. Like, fuck, they have Cyber Sub-Zero modeled in the game. I think they have Smoke modeled in the game at one point even, too. Do they actually have it modeled? There are a bunch of Cyber Lin Kuei full-on modeled that show up. Like, hell, in the crypt, there is a dead Ermac. He looks the coolest Ermac has ever looked, and it's just a dead character model. Like, it's the, huh, okay, I haven't gotten to it, but I guess, like, Kenshin is also in the crypt as dead Kenshin. Yeah, I, like, the level of work put into this game is fucking impressive. It sucks the biggest story about it right now is the tower microtransaction stuff, because I want to talk about how great this game is. Like, I'm having so much fun playing it. Like, it's the, I have not played a, fighting game this seriously since MK9, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually getting into playing it online and stuff like that. It's 
that's how much fun I'm having with it. But yeah, there there is this kind of weird story, but it's a weird story because it's just out and they're adjusting it allegedly, and also it doesn't impact any of the game I care about, so I don't care. Which isn't a fair reaction, but also like it kind of is. Mm-hmm. And the good parts of that game are really fucking good. I, you know how I feel about certain things. Like, yeah, it's always been a little. And I'll throw a little hypocritical at it because you also play some games that have that exact same problem. Which ones? Um, a uh, wow for one. Wow. As how much microtransactiony stuff? They have a few things, but that doesn't actually affect any kind of gameplay at all. Do does this really? Hmm. Yeah, but that's mine is an ongoing service. That's a one-time buy, and then you still can't unlock everything in the game. I would argue being able to buy mounts in WoW before you've unlocked a mount is kind of that. You can buy them, but you can't use them until you have mount unlocked. Yeah, but you don't have to buy an in-game mount then. Though. You know, like, it's the this kind of the old school WoW versus the new school WoW. Like it's the if you've been able to buy mounts back when mounts were stupid expensive, people have been outraged. Yeah, and I've still been upset with Blizzard when it comes to releasing stuff that you'll never no, no. see in yeah. the game. When they have models, like, they have that flying pig mount that was out for Year of the Pig, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I talk shit about them, too, for it. I'm not, it's not that I, that I'm like, oh, well, no, this is the exception. No, I will openly still talk shit about Blizzard, and I still do. That's not, that's never no, been no, a thing. I'm, I'm not like, saying well, you no, don't. You can't talk like, about them for that. I'm not saying you don't, but, like, it's, neither of us are perfect on this one, and... I guess like it's one of those ones where it's the the towers are a single player thing. If it affected multiplayer, I'd be more upset. If it affected story mode, like again, like Netherrealm has made a fucking amazing story mode for this game, a game that shouldn't have an amazing story mode. Mm. There's like three hours of cutscenes in it. Even it's great. Yeah, I I don't know. I it sucks. This is the biggest story about the game right now. Is all I'm gonna say on it. And it's weird because I haven't had any issues with it yet. Like, it's the... Yeah. I, I am not good enough at the game to engage with the towers, so it's kind of a... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, if you want more on this, go check out Maximilian Dude stuff. I trust his opinions more when it comes to fighting games. Like, it's the... He, I, I've seen the video Alex's referencing, too. It's a good video. Like, it definitely outlines it, but also... It's based off of some assumptions. Like again, like I'm not trying to dissuade it as not true, but like it's based off the assumption that you can actually buy everything in the game. And like this is weird because I think it's from Mortal Kombat 10. They eventually released a pay 20 bucks unlock everything in the crypt option, and that game didn't have the microtransaction stuff this one has. So is that better mm-hmm. or worse? And it's not loot boxes. You get exactly what you're paying for. So. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. It's none of the stuff being sold actually impacts the gameplay either, though. Like it's all cosmetic. The stuff that impacts the gameplay are the consumables, which I don't think are paid. You can pay money for. I think you have to get them with coin, with a K, which is the in-game currency. I think you can buy in-game currency. I don't know because I haven't touched it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The, the Max Breakdown video is pretty solid. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up. Maximilian Dude is a pretty, pretty, like, when it comes to, like, FGC sources and things like that, he's pretty solid. Which yeah. is actually makes it in particular because he was really excited about 
Marvel's Capcom Infinite when that came out, and even he had to be like, there's a lot of glaring issues with this, and it's a pretty fucked up video, because I feel bad for the guy, because he fucking loves Marvel vs. Yeah. Capcom. He may be in luck. There's a very trolly clip out there of Ed Boon getting asked some questions, and one of them was, have you ever talked to Marvel about making a fighting game, and him being like, yes. Duh. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be great <laughs> marvelous mk confirmed yeah scorpion versus wolverine let's go boys scorpion versus scorpion dude there's a scorpion in both those universes oh that's right but he's kind of there the scorpion in this in in, in the marvel universe is kind of meh. yeah that's, that's why i want to see scorpion from mk decapitate that fucker I don't think they'll let you decapitate any Marvel franchise characters. Good fucking luck. I don't know. I saw that most recent movie. <laughs> A lot of people die. Yes, I am trolling. I fully admit to this fact. <laughs> nah, I, uh, on top of that, me and Jen checked out BattleBots. That's the thing we mentioned last week. That's why the podcast was late last week. I, again, cannot talk about what we saw, but if you um, watch the quarterfinals for that, there's a very real chance you will see me and Jen. She has a big-ass neon pink sign, like a feminist symbol with a nut at the top instead of a circle, promoting female mm -hmm. engineers and shit, and I am right next to that holding a variety of other signs, including one that says finish it of them. <laughs> yeah. I, again, to also spark a potentially controversial, I'm going to ask Alex to not dig into this till actually we get to our news. I played that um, update for Anthem. That new stronghold's pretty cool. It's all underwater and shit. It's probably the only thing cool about it. Is no, that it looks nice. There's <laughs> stronghold is fun. Got decent boss fight for that game. Like that update added access to your inventory from the field and stuff. Like it added a bunch of good life of like quality of life stuff to it. I, it's that should have maybe been there from the start, but we're going to talk more about Anthem in the news because there is a big news thing surrounding it right now that me and Alex can fight about, and this is not the place for that necessarily. Game's dead, bro. Game's dead. <laughs> I can still play it, ergo it's not dead. Unlike Matrix I can, Online. I can still play the Matrix Online. There's a server up and running. Can you Actually? <laughs> yeah, I can. Actually? Yes. Officially on an, on like what who who made that game Sony? Uh, well, it no, it wasn't. It was originally Monolith, and then they sold it to SOE as part of a deal with. So no, it's the, on some pirate server or something. What's the DC MMO? DC Online. It, there you go. Yeah. So then SOE became Daybreak, and now they're just destroying other games in their franchises. So yeah, but yes, I can. On a pirate server, though, right? You never specified pirate server. You said, uh, can I still play the game right now? The game now? is dead yes. when no servers exist for the, uh, the actual servers. Exist There's a the server game. exists. A server exists. There wasn't for a chunk of time. A server exists. No, it doesn't. A pirate server yes, doesn't count. It's very matrixy that you have to jack in into a legal location. I... It's just authenticity to the matrix. We're going to talk more about Heroes Online <laughs> in the news, too, so we can talk about this there, then. <laughs> And I guess I kind of transitioned to Alex this week. I also saw Endgame, which he also saw. I saw a worse version than he did. I watched it at like 11 p.m. at night and got out at 3. That movie is too goddamn long. That but movie I, is perfectly length. No, but I, was gonna say, but I don't know what you would cut from it. Like, there's some things you could cut down, 
but you're saving like a minute or two there and not like an hour. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to go see Endgame. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers, so don't worry about that. We may do a spoiler cast at some point because there's a plot hole in that movie I want to talk about real fucking badly. Are we going to talk spoilers here? No, not here. Okay. At a later date, we may do a spoiler cast on that movie. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I cried a few times. It was. Are oh, you a crier from that great... movie, dude? I, I cry a lot during movies. Okay, I don't know if you knew this, I, I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. Okay, I cry in movies and TV shows and moments. So. Yeah, I got pretty teary-eyed near the end. Infinity War, I could see crying during Endgame. I don't know. No, Infinity War, I was just more shocked. I didn't cry. But, like, What Endgame, did you cry yeah. at in this movie? Like, I, I'm curious I, what the moments... Like... Spoilers! That's fair. No, you're right. We can't talk with, without talking about the spoilers. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So, all I can say is, I laughed, I cried, I was... I was, I was a kid again. Like, I grew up watching the... Like, I, I mean... Realistically, I was in my 20s when these came out, but I've always been a fan of, like, Marvel and comics and all that stuff. So for me, watching this whole thing come to life on the screen, big screen was really great. Like, it was, I don't know, it, there's something satisfying about knowing the stuff that you enjoyed when you were younger was this geeky, nerdy, ha-ha stuff. You were that 20 now, in 2008? Yeah. Huh. In my 20s, yeah. because. Okay, so I'm 32 right now, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I was in my 20s when the first Iron Man came out, but I, I used to always... I used to spend my birthdays going to the movies by myself and watching Marvel movies that premiered by myself. Oh, sure. Like, like when, the, when Sony was pushing out the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, I, dude, I'd go watch those films by myself. No problem at all. So, um, yeah, so watching the cultivation of this story they've been putting together for the last 11 years was just... No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to math because I thought I was a little bit younger than I was when the first Iron Man movie came out. Yeah. I think I was 22. 21, based on math. Okay. Because it was 2008. Okay. Yeah. So, something like that. 21, 22, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there's a special place in my heart for this particular kind of stuff. Cause it's like, for me, it's always been like, it doesn't matter who you are, what your walk of life is. You walk into a movie theater and you're watching these cart, you know, well, not cartoons, but these figures from storylines come to life. There's just something magical about that. No, and, and I really, really enjoy it. I guess kind of jump into what you're saying. Like it's the, I, I read comics for whatever. I still read comics to the stage to a certain extent. But, like, it's what I've always found most interesting about the Marvel movies is the crowds for it. Like, it's the movies are whatever. They're good action movies with other stuff going on. But, like, it's the the kind of just pure diversity of the crowd, especially these days. Like, the fact it's not just the comic nerds, the sci-fi nerds or whatever they're showing up for it. It's like fucking everyone shows up for it. It's like, wow, that's nothing else does this. Exactly. So. It's there's just something magical about it that I really really enjoy. So yeah, the the movie theater I saw I think it was eight o'clock on Friday swapped every theater over to Avenger to um Endgame, 
and it was like uh-huh. a 16 it's a 16 screen theater so they were showing like every half hour there was a start for one of those movies up until like 2 a.m in the morning yeah Apparently, some places were running as far as 24 hours. Possibly, yeah. I th- they sold a shit ton of tickets for that movie. Like, everything was packed. Yeah. It was not fucking surprising. Nope. So, yeah. It was... It was great. Like, that, that's all I can just say. It, yeah. it was just magical experience, all that. So, it was um, it was a happy camper. Because I went at a 8, 10 in the morning showing. <laughs> Super early in the morning. So. I'd have rather watched it that way. Uh, I do yeah. want to talk about how bad the people that went and saw the version I saw are at seeing movies. There there was definitely <laughs> someone who walked out of a bathroom with a bucket of popcorn. I'm just like, no. You Ew. fool. Oh, that just sounds a little bit yeah. weird. Uh, if, so if you're seeing this, if you're seeing actually Endgame after this podcast goes up too, please clean up after yourselves at the movie. Like the the cup holder at the one I saw was just full of ketchup. Ew! If you're the person that did that, fuck you. Oh, agreed, one hundred percent. Don't be a shitty human being. Yeah, come on. Remember, someone who's also a human being has to clean up after you. Also, don't YouTube react to the movie. Did you have anyone like that in your crowd? Uh, no. My, we had my... some asshole in the crowd that I saw it with that like. For the first like half hour was like YouTube over YouTube reactor overreacting to everything, and they stopped when they were the only person that reacted to something, and they're like, "Oh, I guess we're not reacting to that." Like it was fucking weird. Influencer culture is destroying the yeah. world. But yeah, like, like the fact that like it's the if, if you were filming your reactions in there, power to you, kind of, but also fuck you. Yeah, no, it's that's really fucking annoying. But luckily, yeah. I didn't have that. Like, it was pretty. For the most part, it was pretty good. Like, it was nice crowd. It wasn't too. It turns out like people had the seats were pretty sold out. Yeah, but some people just didn't show up, which is kind of nice, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Overall, the 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 viewing and everything was pretty nice. Like, we had a good time and. Yeah. People were pretty cool. Like, there's a lot of hype for a lot of scenes, and there's a few in particular, but I won't like spoil it. Like, I, I, like I, let's put it like this: I was sitting there watching, you know, a scene that's pretty sad, and there are these two dudes that are sitting next to me on the left, and I could hear one of those dudes like <laughs> sniffling, crying. Like, it was just a genuine, nice, fun reaction. Fair. So, but um, yeah. Other than that, like, let's see. That was that was the big thing for me was this week was that. Um Jaina progression. This is just wild related news. Jaina regret uh progression is uh going pretty well. We got her to fifteen percent last night. So should hopefully have a kill in the next couple of raid mm. uh attempts. So looking forward to that. Um Speaking of that, I'll probably be streaming those because I got updated logos and graphics for my stream, so Finally happening, boys. Woo! Yeah. So, uh, yeah, expect it. The, the, there'll be stuff coming up for that. But, yeah, new logo. I sent it to Charlie. He likes it. It's very me. <laughs> um, and last thing. So, I know we've played Division 2, and I've been playing that a lot when I'm yeah. not doing WoW. I need to go so and complete there those is- strongholds. 
there is a really good twist that happens after you delete the, defeat the stronghold. Is it there. Black Tusk? Yeah. That's not a good twist. I like it. Do you know what happens then? Yeah. What happens? It's the invasion by Black Tusk. Yeah. It's only a twist if they don't have it as a cosmetic thing with an explanation as part of that first cosmetic event. Yeah. Well, they show up. Okay, cool. They add but a fourth but faction. It's, but it's pretty trippy because they just flat out start taking over entire areas, like, regardless of the factions that are there. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the cinematic leading up to it is them literally just going around killing everyone they can. That's not Black Tusk. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, so they, they take over, like, zones and everything. It's pretty cool. Like, like, yay, we did it, guys. Fireworks. Oh, no, Black Tusk is here. Do you know who Black Tusk is by any chance? Not off the top of my head. No, I have not gotten to it. I know of Black Tusk. Okay. So, we talked about the factions. Like, the outcasts are just... They're a merc they group or something, right? Yeah, like a merc... Uh, ooh, Black Tusk? Or we talk about Black Tusk? Yeah, so they're basically like the equivalent to... Uh, what are those private private contractor mercenaries that get hired out to go work in the Middle East? PMCs? Not PMCs. Blackwater? They're like Blackwater. And they're like, we're gonna take over. So they come back and literally just start shooting everything. Yeah, did you forget there was a faction of that in the last game? In the last game? Yeah. No, I don't think I ever got that. Last Man Battalion was the final faction you run into in Division 1, and they're just also a merc group. They're hired by the Wall Street people to protect assets that maybe take over New York. Maybe that's why I don't give a fuck about Black Tusk, where it's like, oh, it's Last Man Battalion again. Neat. Yeah. I don't think they're like... I don't know who's hired them. Do they have weird Division tech? Uh... Black Man... uh, Last Man Battalion. Okay. Like, Last Man Battalion... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Like Last Man Battalion's whole thing was they could hack your turrets and turn them against you and shit like that. Hmm. I actually ended up fighting. Did you do the anomalous mission that's on the map by any chance? Did you unlock that? I don't think so. I I haven't touched that game in like a week and a half. Okay, so there's a mission in that right now that mm-hmm. um you do pretty early on, and you're basically answering a distress call in a building, and then when you get there, you're looking for an agent. And you get attacked by another division agent, but you don't know who he is, and he's got all the same shit you can do. He's like a weird Dark Link version in Division. It's like Carver or something. It's it's the it's the bad guy from the first game, right? Is it him? Is it the rogue agent from the first game? It's like so. There is a rogue division agent from the first game. No, I have done this mission too. Like it's yes, I have done it. it. It yeah. And then you find the actual guy you're looking for was strung up on wires. I think so. In the middle yeah. of the room. But like yeah. the guy, you don't kill the guy. He pieces out, right? Yeah, he ends yep. up paralyzing you and pieces out. Yep. I've never seen him again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the same bad. Guy. That's the same guy who like worked to help the Green Plague happen in the first game. Like at the end of the first game, you get a mission where you go and find like his hideout, and he's like, "Yo, you should join me so we can overthrow the government and shit." Like, he's been suspiciously absent from this entire game. Yeah. He pops up for that one mission, and that's it. Yep. So I'm curious to see where he pops up, but yeah. It was just a weird side mission that, like, he shows up, and then you technically lose, Yep. but the mission's completed. Yep. So. 
but yeah um i've i've been having fun playing division two now i'm finally i finished the so once you finish doing the the story well sorry the strongholds that they have or whatever then you progress to world tier one and all those Are other you ones. level 30 yet i've already been level 30 so black now, Tusk doesn't show up till you hit level 30 either. okay yeah so yeah because it's i guess it's a requirement for both but i was already level 30 before i did the yeah. strongholds but once you complete the strongholds, it unlocks the world tiers, so you're no longer like for me. It doesn't say level thirty anymore. It says item level, or you know, yeah, item level two twenty something. It levels. It's a more aggressive progression. Yeah, yeah, kind of like in Destiny when you hit like level thirty or whatever. All of a sudden, now you're level three hundred because your your gear score, so to speak. Yeah, it's the same concept. Yeah, I hate so. that system. It's a funky system. I, it threw me off. I, I hate converting <laughs> from a level system to a gear score system. Yeah. Like, just start with your score from the start. So. Yeah. But yeah, um, other than that, it's... I've been I've been having fun playing it. So. I will get around to the Stronghold at some point. I don't think it will be this week, but yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with the idea of Black Tusk showing up. The descriptions of what Black Tusk is did nothing for me because I played the first one. I remember Last Man Battalion where it's like, oh, it's a PMC. It's so original. I mean, like Last Man Battalion. Who are mm. they? The final set of bad guys from the first game. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I never played past the first. Uh, look up the. Yeah. There's a dossier on Last Man Battalion in Division Two, which I found fucking weird. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to check it out. Yep. I will get there eventually. Yeah. It's good. News. Yeah, I think we can jump on the news now. Alright. Alright, first off, we have more Mortal <laughs> Kombat controversy. What? Alright, so this has nothing to do with microtransactions or anything that has to do with the fact that man, people got mad at uh, Jax's uh, ending for the Mortal Kombat Towers. The fact that people got mad at what the ending was is fucking stupid. Oh, it is the dumbest Dear thing ever. God. So those who have not played Mortal Kombat have not looked or have not stumbled, kind of found a way to stumble into the story is at the end of uh, the way stories work in Mortal Kombat, at the end of the arcade mode, any of the towers essentially, each character has a story. They range from like noob cybots becoming like the evil of all history to Jax, guy with robot arms, going and stopping slavery from ever happening. You know, a pretty fucking noble thing to do. And, like, in the most no-bullshit kind of way, the, the the ending even sets up the idea that, like, he doesn't get it right on the first time. He, like, he, he goes back in time multiple times. Oh, spoilers. Mortal Kombat 11 is all about fucking time travel, so, yeah. Like, the guy works his ass off, like, not to, to stop slavery from happening. And good God! Did the internet go apeshit on this topic? Yeah. Like, God. Like, the fact that people would get mad that he stopped slavery was just a weird fucking thing. Well, it's not even about. like he goes back in time and kills all the white people or all the, not the black people. It's just he stops slavery from happening. Like, the, the implication of his ending is that when Europeans reach Africa, they just treat the local inhabitants with respect. Mm-hmm. That is what the implication is, and not shittiness. And this thing went fucking wildfire. 
<sighs> if you are someone that has an issue with the with the end of Jax's storyline, please don't listen to this podcast. It's not for you. Yeah, you've got more problems. Yeah, like, like if you can go back in time, yeah, there are plenty of horrible fucking events you can go back and change. That's that's probably one of them. Oh no, I like no the- one blinks an eye when they talk about. Oh, let, would you go back in time and stop Hitler and this and that? Like, yeah, I think anybody in the right mind would go and stop these bad things to happening. And like in a game, in a game where you can survive being stabbed through the eye multiple times and like being frozen and lit on fire and shot multiple times like a, a game that is mortal Kombat, a ridiculous ass fighting game the fact that some people are like oh this isn't realistic it's like i'm pretty sure i play as a shadow man who to kill people plunges their fingers into another person and then feeds them their soul so it rips them from the inside out in half well yeah but this isn't realistic Fuck you! There is a dude that summons magic hammers. Literal magic hammers. I, that, the strong black character from the franchise can go back and stop slavery from happening. That feels like a realistic use of time travel. Especially with the setup they give it where he talks about how he's like, yeah, I've been real lucky. Yeah. Yeah. On to something less controversial, how about? Sure. Have you seen the uh, trailer for the uh, uh, GT Goku for uh, uh, what they called um DBZ Fighters? Yes, I saw him, and he uh, turns into Super Saiyan Four Goku. That hurts me. So- no, yes, that that hurts <laughs> me deep down. Where it's like you spent the time to fucking model Super Saiyan Four Goku, just put fucking Super Saiyan Four Goku, the Goku we actually want in the goddamn game. So yeah. close, and yet so far. <laughs> yeah, because he just does his rising, like he does basically a Shoryuken, if you will. Just yeah, flying dragon punch. It's great, but also like if you're gonna fucking model that character, put it in the game. Well, you know now this also means that they're gonna add. It's gonna be canon. Like they're gonna make, or not canon, but they're gonna make. They're gonna pull from uh, GT now. So expect to see characters from GT show up. Did you see the crazy like web? That explains how we get from Super to GT. Somebody did this? I thought they just said GT wasn't canon, leave it alone. They have, but someone actually figured out how we get from Super to GT. Okay, go on. Uh, Basically, so in the comics, there's a bunch of stuff going on with like how there's some like ultimate god character they're busy fighting right now that absorbs energy. And the implication uh-huh. is that they may have to give up their god power to stop this character implying that like so the super saiyan blue is the super saiyan version of super saiyan god if you give Mm -hmm. up that super saiyan god ability then you also lose super saiyan blue which means you'd have to go back to normal super saiyan a la broly broly who's capable of fighting someone in super saiyan blue form in just kind of ascended super saiyan form is obviously tapping into some super saiyan 4 juju Mm -hmm. Ah, like Broly once again establishes that the limits of Super Saiyan have not been reached by the main cast of characters. Hmm. It's not canon still, but like there is now a line hypothetically that you can draw through Super that gets you to GT. I don't know. It's kind of a stretch. Okay. So is the connection of Super to DBZ kind of, but yeah. 
it's fine. It's whatever. Like, GT should not be canon. GT is bad for the most part, except for Super <laughs> Saiyan 4. Eh, Super Saiyan 4 is alright. I think it's fun. It's cooler than Super Saiyan Blue is. What? They have blue hair. It's dumb. Super <laughs> Saiyan 4 is like a physical transformation. Where they have red hair. All over their bodies. Monkeys. It taps back into the kind of monkey spirit thing they have going on. Like, I, to get real weird, like, you are, like, to go real abroad on this one, do you know the origin of the name Goku? Uh, isn't it based off of some, like, I don't know, fill me in, go ahead. So, uh, there is a uh, Chinese, I think it's the original comic book, technically, there's a set of stories called Journey of the West, and one of the characters from that is Goku, who a lot of people may know as Stone Monkey for a variety of reasons. Um, uh, Goku, when he first is introduced in kind of Chinese mythology, is a troublemaker, he's born from a stone egg, he's made of stone, he's stupid powerful, a variety of misadventures happen that are all centered on him, and it ends with him getting trapped under a mountain for a shit ton of time by the Buddha. He is eventually released to act as a traveling companion for a monk who goes on to travel, who brings, like, some sacred scrolls of Buddhism or something from one side of the world to the other to spread enlightenment or some shit. But, like, the main... The, Goku, the uh, GBZ character, specifically in Dragon Ball, is modeled after Goku from these Chinese stories down to, like, the Nimbus and the Power Pole are Goku's weapons from that stuff. Mm. Like, if you want a bad anime version of it, there are several that kind of tell the story of the pre of the priest thing I'm talking about. There's like a thousand episode anime called like Saint Seiya, I think, or something. That's the story of that. And it involves like Yeah, I I don't recommend that one. It's actually pretty bad. Yeah, there there is the origin of Goku is based off of like it, it's it Dragon Ball originally is kind of a retelling in some ways of some of the storyline from the original kind of Goku mythology. DBZ is the more original kind of balls to the wall crazy stuff and later aspects of Dragon Ball, but yeah. Okay. Uh... Yeah. But I only mention this because I like Super Saiyan 4 because it takes Goku back to those monkey references. I mean, that's fair. It yeah. was a pretty strong form. Yeah. And they did have what? Was it like a sh evil Shenron or some shit yeah, like that? Yeah, evil Shenron is great. I, I, and I am not saying Dragon Ball GT is good. It is bad for so much of it. The fact that it's Kid Goku again sucks. <laughs> but Super Saiyan 4 is cool. Yeah. On to the next thing. Um, You want to do the Anthem thing now? Sure. Anthem is dead. Sure. Pick up your sticks. I... Move on. So the, the actual news that we're going to lead into this larger <laughs> conversation Minus hyperbolic boy here's uh, best efforts is uh, <laughs> uh, the, the roadmap for Anthem is indeed now shit. We're totally off the roadmap. And the big cataclysm event, which was kind of supposed to serve, I guess, as the season system for Anthem, I guess, has been delayed. This news came a day after a major update hit um, Anthem that added a bunch of things fans have been asking for that, like, Again, like I said earlier, sh probably should have been there from the start. And, like, if you want to pull the games as services or bullshit argument, this is totally a good... 
thing to prop up there, but the internet and Alex included immediately jumped to what, Alex? Game's dead, bro. Yeah, I. Uh, before we get into <laughs> this one, I'm not saying Anthem is in a good spot. I am saying the, 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 the update they released, I had fun with. That new stronghold they added was cool. They have said they have delayed a bunch of things that, like, maybe are telling of larger problems. Like, the game is in a real bad spot. No one is no one is defuting that. Like, as someone who actively enjoys playing that game, but doesn't because there's nothing for me to do anymore, that game is in a real fucking bad spot. Like, it's it makes Destiny Year One look like it was in a good spot. I would also argue it's not that far, Destiny Year One, but fuck it, what do I care on this one? The internet has proclaimed the game dead. Alex, Game's dead, go nuts. Bro. Game's fucking dead. Why is it dead? They missed like 90% of their roadmap. The stuff that was supposed to save the game. Yep. Fucking dead, bro. Dead. So, okay, so let's talk about the stuff that they did miss. And let's like not be hyperbolic about it, too. It's real easy to say a game is dead and not back it up. Let's actually talk about why, at least, like, it's... The game is obviously in trouble. Okay, so... The list of the features that got delayed are... There's a mastery system, guilds, legendary missions phase 2, a weekly stronghold challenge, leaderboards, some free play events, and then, of course, Cataclysm. Yeah. So I'm not too sure what Cataclysm was supposed to be. Cataclysm was kind of supposed heard... to be a, a game... Like a, so the season, like, kind of a la uh, Fortnite in some ways. The idea for Cataclysms was... Every season kind of had a thing going on, like it might be acid rain or some like giant maelstorm happening. Like it would be a a thing that spans an entire season, be it the season of X, kind of like how Destiny has season of the Drifter and a season of Opulence coming up and shit like that. It would be kind of like here's the theme for content. The game doesn't change that much, but it does kind of recontextualize stuff. Like maybe there'll be some missions based around this. Like the the quest line you're doing and the stuff involved in this season will be specific to this season, and it's why you're playing still kind of thing. It's the, like, you don't want to miss the rewards from this phase, if you will. That's what Cataclysm was supposed to be. And if you go back to the E3 trailer, the kind of a general pitch for Cataclysms was, at the end, they fly into that weird, like, crazy storm. That was supposed to kind of be the Cataclysm thing. And the uh, Cataclysms were pitched to the community and kind of the general gaming public as, we have these shaper elements. They do weird shit. And it's like a cataclysm is when one of those systems goes online and makes like a superstorm or turns all the water to blood or like summons giant winged demons because that's the world we've created where that shit can happen because of these weird relics. Big world phases, if you will. Okay. So, um, so I guess to supplement this whole little thing, um, they had a live stream scheduled last week, which got pushed back to this past week. Well, two weeks ago, they had a live stream scheduled yeah, to kind of go over some of the stuff. It's a dev, like, stream or whatever and all that. And they've been pretty good in the past, too. Yeah. So they do a dev stream. They delayed it for a week because they wanted to be ready. They said the, the stuff they wanted to showcase or talk about this week was not ready. So they decided, well, okay, well, we'll push it a week. They proceed to push it to this past week. And it was one of the cringiest, shittiest fucking dev streams. Oh, it is bad. It, uh, I, I would argue it's not quite as bad as that recent WoW stream, but... 
Well, the, the, well, the wild stream before there were there've been two recently. There was okay. one before that was pretty fucking. The last bad. one we talked about. The there was a recent one where they talked, they showcased all the stuff for eight point two, and that one was pretty good because a it didn't have Ian Kazanakis whatever and lore in it. It was actually a dev, and he just went through all the features. None of this weird. I'm gonna give you a ten minute answer that basically means no lawyer bullshit. It was a flat out like actual dev stream with stuff. It was a forty minute stream, and they talked about all content. So, that one was good. The ones in the past, I will give you 100% yeah. of dog shit. No, and so. like this was very much a bunch of devs that have been kind of on the defense of their community and about their game for a chunk of time now. Like, it's kind of a follow-up to this. I'm blanking on what his name is. One of the guys that's been kind of the public face of Anthem did a very kind of public tweet session or Twitter session. That's how we work now. Kind of like, as a follow-up to that, it was like, yeah, the stream was bad. Like, it's the the people behind Anthem seem to be aware that, like, yeah, that stream was bad, like, it felt weird, you were getting lots of pressure from the uh, higher-ups not to talk about certain things, like, yes, I wanted to make the purple rain joke when I, that loot box opened, when that chest opened, and fucking purples came out, like, we get it, we are very aware, and in response to this, we're gonna, I could see, I, I, it's the, you've noticed I've been silent lately, we're gonna try and change that some, like, it's, again, like, parts of Anthem seem to be very good at the public facing stuff like it's which is what gives me hope but also then that live stream did indeed happen it was like man this is why are you doing this even this is bad yeah it was funny too because you watch it and they were even just afraid of like opening up the box like yeah the, the gear and all that. like it yep. was pretty fucking bad yep like i don't know and the topic so like the loot in that game is bad. Like, and that's what the internet's saying. I finally figured out, kind of in more depth, what that actually means. And it turns out I had been experiencing it. I just didn't realize I was experiencing it because I thought I was at level cap. So getting past, so the difficulty in that game is broken into three difficulties right now: Grandmaster one, two, and three. It is, I think, almost impossible right now to get geared up. For Grandmaster Three, yeah, I am comfortably in Grandmaster Two. I have no reason to play Grandmaster Two because I can't get loot that justifies Grandmaster Three, which is a problem. Like it's the I actually had to sort of ask Alex, like, do you understand what the loot problem is? Because I don't, because like my RNG <laughs> in games is always shit, and this feels normal to me. And it's like it turns out I was experiencing it because I also have a fully master worked um, uh, javelin in that game. It's just like okay, I guess I'm at cap now. Interesting. There's no reason to be at cap, but but yeah, it's it's and, and the thing is like the stream. A lot of people talked about loot. They're asking about loot, and they just flat out avoided it altogether. Yeah, they talked about things like the weather in, in where they were living, and like like I don't like like. <sighs> Even when I was living in California, like if, if I was watching a WoW stream and they talked about how sunny and everything was in Irvine, I don't give a shit. I didn't tune in for a weather forecast or to hear all this other stuff. I tuned in because this is a stream about oh, it was, the game and updates. If you want to see a bad dev stream, like a dev stream that could be exemplified as don't fucking do this, like it is that stream. And like it's come out since then that part of why that stream was so bad is like, that game's in a bad spot. It's in a very, not bad, but like very complicated spot that also happens to be bad. Like it's, 
this is No Man's Sky-esque, where, like, a lot of people have made the argument of, maybe it's time to pull a No Man's Sky. Like, stop talking about the game for six months, and then re-fucking launch it or something. Like, as much as I'm enjoying the most recent update they just put out, like, a lot of the stuff in that game is like, it's cool! This is stuff you could have just rolled into a big, major-ass update several months down the road, and we'd have been just as excited then as we are now. The issue is that we'd rather you be fixing big topic issues versus the small topic issue. And, like, part of the reason we're still talking about this is I still think Anthem, at, like, its core, is a fun and good game. It's the rest of the stuff around it that is bad. I can't defend it, but, like, it's the I have fun playing the game and want it to be good. I would still rather play that game in some ways than, than kind of Destiny or The Division at this point. The second-to-second -second combat. I like a lot more than those two. The loot and everything else around the game is unbelievably bad. It's why I'm playing The Division instead. And that sucks. Not The Division is bad, but just it's not the combat I want. I want to play my dumb Iron Man game. But there's no reason to play the dumb Iron Man game. I'm just saying, Anthem is starting to sound a lot like your Matrix Online. I, it's... <laughs> No, I won't ever have a Matrix Online. Like, I'm not. We shall see. I don't get attached to the games the way you do. Like, I'm I'm not playing Anthem though either. Like, it's the I could be playing it right. Now. Unlike Matrix Online, I could be playing Anthem totally legally right now, and I'm not. I just wish the game was better. Like, I am playing other stuff. I bought Mortal Kombat 11 because my reaction was, hey, I want to play that Mortal Kombat game, and I'm pretty fucking sure our listeners are sick of me talking about, like, yeah, I'm playing The Division because I feel I have to, and yeah, I'm still playing Anthem. Don't know why. Like, there are other games out there I could play. I pre-ordered Rage 2 because that game looks silly and fun and not going to be a complicated thing to talk about. Yeah, like, I, I'm so sick of a game I want to be playing being, like, this loaded to talk about. And, like, again, like, I don't think the game is good. It's just kind of of the three options of a type of game I like, it's the one I'd like to be playing if it was good. But it's not, so I'm not playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Yeah, like, as fun as that new Stronghold is, there's still only fucking four strongholds, one of which is kind of unplayable. There is no reason for me to swap up my gear on my um on my Titan Javelin. Why? I have it exactly as I want. I have a broken flamethrower, a really fun or a rocket launcher thing for my shoulder, and the heavy machine gun thing I'm using is fun and has a stupid amount of ammo. I occasionally play other javelins because I want some difference, I guess, but also, like, I don't fucking care. Like, they just added the ability to go into another mission at the end of missions you just completed. I don't know why we can't just have, like, a stronghold playlist at this point. Well, I think it's because one of the strongholds is fucking garbage and we'd leave if we caught up in that one. But, yeah, I... Yeah. The game is in an unbelievably bad spot. Like, it's the... I'm not willing to call it dead because they do appear to be actively supporting it still, but like it's on life support definitely. It is circling a drain of some kind. It is not doing good. It's not a good look. Like it's the 
all the cliche trite things you can say are true about this game. It is going to make, like, unless something miraculous happens by November of next year, it is going to make a bunch of, like, Hindenburg-esque lists. And it should. But that sucks because the game, at certain points, is a lot of fun and is cool. But that does not offset the, like, it, it doesn't balance or offset or justify the rest of the bullshit around that game, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I could jump around from building to building in the Matrix Online. Still made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just, it sucks because, God, this game was looking so fucking good. And parts of it still are real good. Like, it's the whole, con- the elemental combat system, I think, is an unbelievably cool idea for co-op play. Like, it adds a fun layer to co-op. The idea of primers and executors for that, or activators or demolishers, whatever the right word is, is fun. And you can do kind of cool builds around it. Like, uh, there are some unbelievable... Like, it is the Mass Effect combat kind of ideas taken to a different extreme, and as a result, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's the one problem the game doesn't have is combat. The combat is fun. Like I know Alex has like will stand by he didn't like the controls for it, but he also played an early build and early access of that game. And I would be curious what you think of the game in a modern light. Like it's the we have no good way of testing that, but like it's the like there are parts of that game that are top tier compared to other stuff out there. They are just bogged down by everything else that is that game. And like it's weird. The most recent update is a great update. It fixes a lot of some of that bogged down stuff, but it's like we've raised the bog down from a seven to a six, meaning oh, it's still bogged down. It's just slightly closer to the surface. Yeah, is combat still cool? Combat is still fucking awesome. Yeah, like I I didn't have a problem at all with the combat. Yeah. Like the game itself played beautifully. It was only the flight on a keyboard and mouse that was Yeah, weird. which they have... But even then, that's fixed. Yeah, like, allegedly. I, I, have, I have yet to test it. I have no interest in testing it because I don't play third-person games with mouse and keyboard. Like, I know I'm yeah. a hard line in that one, but like it makes me motion sick to do it the other way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I wasn't judging the game completely on yeah. the flight mode. Like I, that, No, I know. Silly. I, like, parts of that beta were broken, though, too, and like understandable. Like, Again, like, I cannot talk about this game about coming off as a shill because I still like parts of that game a lot. And, like, all the bullshit does not change the fact that I'm like, being Iron Man's cool. That's really Oh, fun. no, I agree. Yeah. 100%. The idea of that and the combat. Like, I think the combat is great in that game. Yeah. It's just everything else surrounding it is great. Yeah, no, it, it's it absolutely like, does. It's the same situation I had with The Matrix Online. I loved the combat system in that game. But there was nothing to fucking do. Yeah. Like, other than troll people on the forums of SOE and fuck around doing PvP occasionally, like, that was it. Yeah. Like, there was nothing content-wise. Yeah. So, that's fine. I, I can enjoy a game if it has a great combat system, but in the end, like, that can't be your only saving grace. And if your patch update barely took it down from a 7 to a 6... You've got problems. Yeah, I, the game is just troubled at this point, and I, I'm not going to play armchair dev and be like, here's how you fix the game, but like, I think the idea of like stop talking about Anthem for six months and actually fucking like, go hard on this shit, I don't think you can do, because it's a AAA game, like, No Man's Sky benefited from technically being an indie title, but 
I, I think you could no man's sky this shit, but also I don't know if it's worth it. I, I don't know. Like it's it's a weird spot for a game, but also if you told me like like Destiny One had some problems where like it had a giant content drought after um uh Leviathan happened or what was it? Uh Hive King, I'm blanking what that expansion was called. Like yeah, I Taken King, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I and I would argue that game like was in a similar spot to this one. The issue was it didn't have other bullshit going on. It wasn't new and it wasn't EA. It's I know it sounds like I'm making excuses, but kind of it's the there's a weird sentiment of people seem to really want this game to fail, and I think other similar games have been in the exact same scenarios because they weren't linked to EA. It was like, nah, they'll figure it out. Like I, I think if you swap Bungie and Bioware at this point as people on these games, the conversation would be different. Just because mm-hmm. it's Bioware and like we all remember, like, and we rightfully so remember mass effect andromeda they kind of fixed and then dropped and like that one apparently had an okay multiplayer at one point too i never touched it but but also i didn't have as much issues with andromeda as other people had either like i yeah there's no reason to talk about it this much but like i guess um days gone a game that we have been nothing but like huh that game's still happening on this podcast did fine its first week out too and people seem to like it a lot Mm-hmm. It's just super not for any of us. So what the fuck does the internet know? But who cares? They can listen to our podcast about video games that are controversial and impossible to talk empirically about because it's all subjective. <laughs> but yes, Anthem is in a bad spot, and it's not looking great from the outside. But also, YouTubers are fucking clickbaity as shit. So game journalism is dead. That's that's the takeaway from this. Game's fucking dead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Speaking of dead games, we got more on that secret City of Heroes thing. Uh, <laughs> Shh, it's a secret. It is super not anymore. Really? <laughs> so that game went nuclear, but in the in the, the community for that game went nuclear. Uh, people were, I th- I think anyone's outrage aimed at the parts of the community that were being like secretive, like you can't join our club private server bullshit are absolutely justified, especially because the guy, apparently so what happened, the story is one person leaked to another person, like one solo person, all of the City of Heroes stuff you would need to kind of run up some private servers for that shit. And they did, and like, whether it's because they were paranoid about getting caught and sent to jail, that's actually a pretty good reason for being so secretive about it, but I guess like, they released the code to the general public, and within a day, they had, like, cloud servers capable of handling way more people logging in at once. Like, in the weirdest way possible, the dream of City of Heroes has been accomplished by the people that were like, yo, if we could just build a new City of Heroes. I feel like the legality of this, like, all of Oh, a sudden- it's super not legal. Like, at, uh, NCSoft is, in, is very much within their rights to swoop the fuck in on this one and say shut it down to the point where there was a like cease and desist that went out that they took the servers down temporarily because they thought it was real and it wasn't. Ah. I it's everything about this is dicey and again like NC Soft could come in 
and just end this for everyone. Because they are 100% in their legal rights to shut it down. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't, considering all the news came out for it. So Yeah. It might be one of those ones where, like, it's in the weirdest way possible, if this does really well, like, if this actually has, like, the player numbers that show up for it, like, it's, there is a bizarre world where NCSoft goes, like, hey, um, would y'all pay 10 bucks a month to play this? Because we can turn the servers back on, maybe. NCSoft is talking about turning it back on now? I'm not saying they're going to, but, like, they're, the issue, like, if someone said, "Hey, for five bucks a month, you can play the Matrix Online again," would you do it? Yes. Yeah, I, I get the impression the City of Heroes crowd, which predates WoW, is in the same boat. I felt like they were in the same, like, or close to manner. Like they were pretty close in timeline. They are, but still predates it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would pay five bucks to play it again. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how when WoW Classic comes out, I will be sorely tempted to pay money to play WoW Classic. Like it's the there it there is something about going into that time machine and taking a step back in time where it's like, is it what you remember? It's like, fuck, I played City of Heroes briefly, and like I thought about playing that. I if I had time to have done it this week and weekend before we recorded the podcast, I would have checked this shit out. I really would have. Because I am genuinely curious. Like, through, like, I'm going to date myself some, like, middle school and high school, this was a big deal among some of my friends because I could not afford to do the monthly subscription stuff. I didn't get to play, but I had a character at one of their houses kind of thing I played around with. It was, like, part it, this game did something, I not to bring up Anthem again, but, like, it's the, they captured this, like, feeling of patrol that both games capture in cool ways that, like, made it feel like a live world from an MMO perspective, where it's like, yeah, you go on patrol. You stop shit from happening. Mm. It's not missions. It's just patrol. Yeah. If you're more curious about this, you can go check out City of Heroes on Reddit amongst some other places. I, I, I want to play this game. I think I will try and play it before next week. Which one is this one now? City of Heroes. Are you at, wait? Are you actually gonna jump into this? Yeah. Like fuck yeah, I will. <laughs> Oh, that'd be fun. I wonder if you can stream it. I, I can't because of my setup, but I will try and figure something out. It's going to be like early 2000s, the graphics. Back in the early aughts. Oh, I might find it and try to jump into it myself. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get the impression it's super hard to jump in at this point. So if you're curious, go check it out before they shut it down. Huh. Wait, hold. Did you see the update at the bottom of this article? No, I missed it. What is it? The Titan Network, a long-running group of City fan, City Heroes fan sites, now claims to be in talks with NCSoft about a community-run server. I, that'd be cool if they let them do it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, huh. I'd be very intrigued by this. Yeah. I, I, like, to super extend this out beyond the way it should be, like, make it hyperbolic, imagine if other companies started getting on board with this bullshit. Like, Imagine if they're like we found ourselves on a pathway to like legal run fan servers for I know I'll throw you a bone on this one, Alex. Like imagine if we could have legally run fan servers for Matrix Online. Yeah. I it's cool from a game preservation standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
this is an interesting little yeah. rabbit hole. Of I, I, I was kind of surprised how little you cared on this one because of how much it, like, it's not directly up your alley, but, like, it does kind of feed into your dream of, like, I just want to log back in once. I, I, I just want to log back into an official Matrix Online server and, like, have it be the Matrix Online. Well, you have to recreate your character, but, like, you're kind of getting there, maybe, sort of. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, uh, I, I would be interested in yeah. Moving on from that, though, because there's not much more to say, and we could belabor that into the ground, knowing us, unfortunately. Especially once we invoke the dark words Matrix Online. <laughs> Let's talk about Persona 5 for a second. All right, so, Persona 5 The Royal, which we talked about some last week, has been confirmed for uh, October in Japan sometime in 2020 for the U.S., or October in Japan 2019. It is still not 100% clear if it's a DLC or a full new game. People seem to be leaning in the direction of a whole new game, which kind of sucks, because I don't want to play through Vanilla Persona again. I want to do New Game Plus stuff. Like I, I have been not playing through New Game Pluses because I knew something like this was coming. Um, but that's not the point. Uh, so there's a new Phantom Thief, some new zones. Uh, Basically, Persona's getting the golden treatment. Like, it's, it appears they're going to add a whole extra month to the school year, which would be fucking great. Not, not mm -hmm. month, a whole other uh, semester, because that's what that game actually fucking needed. There's a giant time gap that happens after kind of like the main story ends, and then there's a bunch of kind of payout action. If they would also let you date multiple people without negative consequence, like, Persona 4 was scummy, but like a breakup system in this would be a good one, I think, because it's possible to find yourself locked into a romance really on the game and miss out on some of the kind of funnier, more inappropriate romances of that game. Anyone who dated Futabu, you're still a goddamn monster. <laughs> but, yeah, I... It's a, Even if this is a whole fucking new release, I will probably buy it because Persona 5 and I am weak. Uh, but at the same time, Persona S is not what we thought it was. It is not a Switch port, as the name might implies. It is a Muso. What the hell is a Muso? Dynasty Warriors, baby! What? Uh, Persona 5 S stands for uh, Persona 5 Scramble, which uh, you've played Dynasty Warriors, haven't you, Alex? Uh, I've seen them. I haven't really played them that much. Okay, so that style of game is called a Muso. Okay. Have you played, like, the Zelda Muso? The, like, uh, Zelda uh, Hyrule Heroes, whatever it's called? Like, have Oh, the Hyrule Warriors, whatever yeah. it was called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I never really got a chance to play it, but I thought it was kind of interesting. That's a Muso. Okay. Musos, for those unclear, like Alex's apparently, are you play a hero character and you fight just kind of giant fucking hordes of enemies. Uh, in a weird twist, I think we talked about this a long-ass time ago back in, like, when Jeff was playing through Persona 4, the separation between the anime and the games is that the anime has the main characters massacring thousands of enemies and shit like that. Amuso mm. would actually let you play the anime, kind of. It would give you that, like, weird Persona killing thousands of things version of Persona the game has not had so far, as opposed to the RPG where it's small, controlled, turn-based fights. I... Not a ton of details on this. It appears to be coming to the Switch, obviously, but also there's some indications that it will come to the PlayStation 4 as well. No release dates yet, but 
we now have an explanation as to why Joker's in Smash, at least, kind of. Not really. It still doesn't fucking make sense. It looks cool as shit, though. It's got the style of Persona, which I think will make a Musou potentially interesting. Like, if they're unbelievably grindy games. If you want to see kind of Musou's gone bad, go dig up on something with its studios, the video where I made Jim play the Hyrule Warriors uh, mm. Musou, and it broke him. <laughs> That's funny. I, some people, like, some people really like Dynasty Warriors games. A lot of people really don't like Dynasty Warriors games. And before you write in telling me this, yes, I know Dynasty Warriors are considered kind of like the bottom tier of acceptable Musou games, but like the top tier of acceptable Musou games aren't that different. They're just a little bit better. So yeah. We're getting a Persona Musou game. Woo! No one asked for this. Speaking of no one asked for this, um, did you know Thanos is returning to Fortnite, Alex? I saw, yeah. They have a Fortnite up or like a Thanos weird Infinity War endgame update where you can just, you can play, you can unlock skins from the movie. But, yep. right, correct? Yeah. yeah. The Black Widow skin is the only one they revealed so far, but uh, there are Avengers themed weapons and you take two sides. It's not quite, I, I don't fully get how this game mode works, but you take two sides, one of which is kind of Thanos' army and the first, and your goal is to search down the five Infinity Gems and the first person to find Infinity Gem turns into Thanos, falls all Thanos' powers. The other side is Avenger weapons and stuff. I There's respawning built in. Like I guess if you get killed, you'll respawn up to a certain point. I It sounds like it could be fun. Yeah. I saw they have Stormbreaker there and a yeah. uh, few others. Yep. Looks pretty good, though. Yeah. I, I uh, Let's see. Um, oh, yeah. So they have a couple mechanics in play here. From what I can see, if you collect the Redstone, uh, health and shields are doubled. Soulstone, Siphons activated, grants Thanos shield ability, shield, th- grants Thanos, Thanos shields only. Uh, the Mind Stone is h- jump height height. Doubled. Space Stone is ground pound AoE size tripled. Damage times six. Uh, big knockback added to each hit on the Simone. And then laser damage times six. Yeah. So, uh, a couple things here and there. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Black Widow skin looks pretty fucking cool. It, this is, this is, uh, I might jump back into Fortnite just to play this mode. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed you were going to, given how much you enjoyed the last one. Yeah, the Thanos one was really fucking cool. Yeah. But, I like the Captain America. Sh- like they they show off a few things on there, which is really cool. Like they have yeah. the Iron Man blasters and all that jazz. Yeah, but yeah, it looks looks good. Yeah, uh, but and technically, I mean, you know, Fortnite is officially in the MCU, so sure, you know what I'm referring to, right? No. Oh yeah, it does. You- it, yes, I. Yeah, <laughs> the sad reality we live in, but Fortnite is officially part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. So. Aren't we all part of the Marvel Universe at this point, though? Yeah, but not Fortnite, man. Not before. Mm. Now what do we have? Anthem. We're part of the same crowd. Ugh! Anyway. But yeah, moving on. Yes, or not so moving on as much as maybe people might like. Uh, well, we're on the topic of Epic Night. Uh, Epic, specifically Fortnite. Um, You know how Epic puts out a real impressive number of big updates to Fortnite? Well, yeah, they do a lot of uh, 
Mm-hmm. Go on. Finish your thought, Alex. Uh, they put out a lot of content. Yeah, they they seem to be quite on top of it. They must have a, le- a huge staff. It's to do this. Well, unfortunately, it's a, it's this this massive output, this impressively epic output, if you will, is achieved by insane hours and just ma- a monumental crunch on the side of the staff. Yep. <laughs> we wish it wasn't so, but it definitely seems as though. We're living in a yeah. Um, popularity of that game was achieved via kind of this same old, same old crunch stories we've had so far that are just unbelievably shitty. Unfortunately, hmm. More you want to say on this, or trying to find the exact um, numbers of the hours expected to work? So some of the quotes from the article here say that they uh, they work about an average of seventy hours a week. One employee says yeah. there are probably at least fifty to hundred, even a hundred people working at Epic who work those hours. Uh, they know people who pull as much as 100-hour weeks. Uh, the company does give you unlimited time off, but it's almost impossible to take that time yeah. off because if you take the time off, your workload falls on other people and nobody wants to be that guy. Yep. Quote. So, mm, so it says here also, uh, apparently there's punishments involved in that situation involving, for example, I know people who, re- who just refuse to work weekends. And when we missed the deadline because their part of the package wasn't completed, they were fired. So. Yep. But they did buy out a bunch of theaters so they could watch Endgame. That's... But now they have to pay for it because that's three hours of their life they could yeah. be working. Well, at least three hours. It was like a half hour of trails. That's like five hours, Alex. Yep. They're fucked. They're yeah. all fired. It was a trick. Yep. So. It's so, and like, if people are wondering, like, in case you lose this context, if you're curious how many hours of a week 100 hours is, there's only 168 hours in a week. So let's do some quick math, if you will. Uh, that's the wrong math. My bad. Give me one second. <laughs> that means on average, a person's getting kind of, we'll call it nine hours a day that they're not at work. That's assuming you work seven days a week. Uh, how many hours? Did, uh, that, that includes everything. Like that. That hypothetically includes like the lunch hour break you take, any sleeping time you do. So, to put it in perspective, assuming you sleep eight hours a night, which I know me and Alex don't because we're crazy people, but if we did, that means including lunch, we have no free time. Mm-hmm. It's shitty, and just not right. Like it's, it really sucks that the conditions for this game. Like it's the, I do not, un- I do not believe. Fortnite works the way Fortnite does unless people pull these hours, and that's a real problem because it sets an unbelievably bad precedent for other games. Like, hell, you had Respawn get out there and be like, yeah, no, we're not burning out our employees to fix what people think is wrong with Apex Legends. Like, it's people praise Epic for turning shit around so fast, they're doing Mm. it by grinding people into the ground. Yeah, pretty much. That being said, I... Again, go back to the statement. We need unions yep. for game development companies. Indeed we do. It needs to be a fucking thing. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's Epic's a weird fucking company, man. Because on one hand, they're doing shitty stuff like this. And on the other hand, they're trying to fucking straight up blackmail Valve. Have you been following this craziness at all? No, I stopped following it. Okay, so yeah, CEO Tim Sweeney of Epic Games of Epic Fame 
got out there and said, yo, we will end exclusivity for games on our platform if Steam starts offering the same uh, pay split we do. That's a bold move. That's a bold-ass move. That is a bold move, and you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. They even went so far as to say, we will put Epic Games on Steam if they start offering the same split we do. Hmm. Ballsy move. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's yeah. a very ballsy move. Uh, so and, I'd love to see where it goes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, to refresh people's memories on this one, um, Epic Game takes 12% of a game, of game sales, period. So you sell 100 games, they take kind of 12 games worth of pay, if you will. That's not quite how it works, but we'll say it does for this example. At best, Steam takes 20%, but you have to sell it like like what 50 million dollars worth of games they have this thing mm-hmm. at at best steam still gets eight percent more than valve than epic does at worst it's 30 percent, which is over double what it's actually almost three times as much what epic takes away and it's a really strong case to make especially because it's not really clear why Valve is charging that more money for game for that, taking that percentage off Steam. Well, they don't make games anymore, so they have to make their money somehow. Yeah, but if they're not making games, why do they feel are why do they feel obligated to take thirty percent of sales? Because they don't make games. I get it. I miss I miss the era of you know the time when Steam would put out some good fucking games like Portal. You remember Portal? That wasn't actually even a Steam game, technically. Oh, it's a Valve game. Yeah, that's not even a Valve game, technically. You remember when they put that out, though? Yes. Man, that was oh, great. It's a, Portal is a hell of a game. Original Portal, not developed by Valve. Well, we're not touching on that. We're touching on the ones that Steam did and Valve. Those are the ones we're t- touching on right now. Okay. Do you remember those? Yes. Man, those were great. What happened to Gabe Newell? Maybe he got tired of all the memes. All the knives. He, had, he, he needs more money for them knives. <laughs> he started converting employee Brom working spaces to knife storage. <laughs> the East Wing of, uh, um, of Valve HQ used to be employees. Now it's just Gabe Newell's knife closet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got nothing else to add on that yeah. one. Yeah. And we, we saved our last, but certainly not least in the shitty scale, news for last this week. Riot has filed a legal motion to block current employees from taking legal action against Riot Games. Is that even legal? I don't know. I am not a lawyer. I can't see how this is legal in any way. Like, we're going to preemptively file a motion so you can't sue us in the future. How I, I'm if there are any legal scholars out there, I can fill us in on this one. I'd love to hear how this is. What's well, this former employees, though? Yes. Oh, no, block current employees. Yeah. Okay. And the argument Riot is making, and it's a real shitty argument, is that when you, when you were hired by Riot Games to agree to work for them, you waive your right to sue the company. Uh, what? Yeah, this is not exactly publicly out there news. Like, a lot of this, like, I'm sure we were interpreting this wrong some, and it will evolve as time goes on. There is a certain level of, like, 
Yeah, we obtained some legal documents. How is this? That can't be. What the fuck? This be this screams creepy and weird. Like, oh yeah, you were hired. You said it's not legal anymore. Well, so and like to, to, to backtrack, some to kind of clarify a point. They're not saying you can't take legal action. They force you into arbitration, which people are a lot less likely to do because it's free of judge and jury. It's a much more private legal matter, if you will. And mm. it's a lot more complicated. Like it's it you're not playing on public opinion. You have an arbitrator at that point who kind of like is trying to make you come to a compromise. The concept of damages is a lot less frequent it definitely don't happen but you're often arguing to a point like it's the if you say you're owed a million dollars by riot games the scenario they can say like well we paid you x and like we're full-on legal reaction legal action is kind of semi-emotional because other people involved are in three neutral parties mm -hmm. it's arbitration is kind of one legal individual who's trained to be an arbitrator kind of walking you through it. divorces a lot go to arbitration like it's the joke about arbitration is there's no winning in arbitration you just kind of both walk away from the table with something typically okay hmm i don't know it just seems weird and this kind of comes on the heels of a bunch of companies like google and facebook that used to force all legal disputes between employees and employer to arbitration like it's this arbitration is the coward's way out when you know you have problems it, it is designed to stop public messes from happening. Mm -hmm. But what couldn't you just blog about it? Unless there's like a... I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just, I'm just hypothetical here. Yeah. Um, couldn't you technically just talk about it after you're doing with the arbitration meetings? Like, this is what's going on. Often arbitration is private, so you can't talk about it. Huh. Uh, it it's weird, but... The fact that they're now trying to push this motion now yeah. is like, yeah, no, maybe there's something wrong with your culture and the shitty environment you have. Well, so it's more they're trying to enforce it. Like it, it appears that in contracts prior, this does exist, but our, it, arbitration is a weird topic. It, there's a lot of arguments out that arbitration is often a suppression tactic. Or like because you keep stuff private and out of the press because it's arbitration versus legal action. There's no public mm. filing for arbitration. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. yeah. Part of the argument that is being made by Riot is that some of the employees did agree to this when they signed up. Like it's two of the four that are in the process of suing them. Like and this is where it gets real shitty too because these are the lawsuits we talked about a little while back about the just ex aggressively toxic as. Um, sexually assaulty sexually inappropriate conduct of riot games that like we've all known about like it's the it's like being told yeah it's bad though we know it's riot games like no one that follows games media is confused what's going on inside that company ever but now there's legal stuff going on it's not like oh ha ha riot sexist no riot is sexist potentially legally equal pay act yeah We'll see how this one plays out. Sounds like we need a union. Among other things. Definitely among other things. Like, the Riot stuff frequently almost sounds like you need a... Like, 
the riot stuff with some frequency seems to extend beyond just the games industry. Like it, it touches on like just corporate cultures. Period in the tech industry. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, no, the fact that you've like felt the need way the fuck back when to take steps to avoid messy public legal actions really makes it seem like maybe you thought you might have been doing something wrong. I don't know. Hmm. That's all I got at this point, too. Just a... Hmm. Yeah. We'll see how it, uh... We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. I expect we'll probably talk about this story in the next week or so to come, just as more of it evolves. Like, this came in pretty late on last week, and I think the courts are closed at this point, too. So, that's... Well, I, I'm sure we'll be updating more as this kind of drags on some. But speaking of dragging on, emails. Oh, well, what do we have for emails today? We have three emails this week. If you wanted to send us an email, Alex, how would you contact us via email? It's very simple. You would go onto the email client of your choosing and simply type in wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Remember we used to misdirect people with like weird ways to contact us via email, like carrier pigeons, skywriting? That was was not my bit. I know. It's terrible. It's not my. It's, I'm not allowed to do You're that. You're not. We we we've, we've made we've made steps to make it clear of how you contact us via the email. People seem to appreciate when, when, it. When Jeff returns from the Shadow Realm, oh, God, he will that. have an epic story. I opened story myself up to that. To I, 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 I should know <laughs> fucking better. You're gonna bring up the Shadow Realm if like, I haven't even vaguely mentioned Jeff. Ah, oh, motherfuck. Ah. Yes, yeah, wicked when, awesome when cast. Jeff no, from the Shadow Realm. No, he will have an epic way to contact us via email saved up for the years he spent fighting the demons I am that exist waiting there. for the point where you get your whole spiel streamlined enough where it's like I'll mention Jeff and you'll just be like Shadow Rail Jeff <laughs> return like some like douchey <laughs> tech present presentation where it's like these are the words you care about Shadow <laughs> Realm <laughs> return what do these words mean to me Alex, a.k.a. Maeve Online. Well, I'll tell you over the next hour. <laughs> Welcome by TED Talk. Yes. <laughs> WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. Spell the sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. Send them in. Dear Alex and Henry, if he's back this week, on the last 150-some-odd episodes, Charlie has said some crazy stuff. He's had some crazy theories about Star Trek, had quite a few aggressive stances against video game opinions on a whole slew of video games, took the Thanos did nothing wrong stance, and most recently said the word, he um, said the world would be a nightmare if Superman's actually existed. I assume you actually socialize with this unhinged individual, so I feel compelled to ask how much of this whole ultra cynical thing is just his for uh, him, is him versus him on the podcast. As of last week's intro, I picked I picked up the boys after the suggestion that it what uh, it's what, like what being in Charlie's head is like, and holy shit, was I not prepared for the Pandora's box? Is this some kind of is he some kind of ultra troll? Does he just uh, thrive on chaos? On an unrelated note, Alex, you were totally right about Frost. I look forward to your victory lap, Ian. <laughs> yes. All right, answer Ian, Alex. What am I answering now? I was so co- I only was caught up in the fact that I'm right about Frost. No, you're not. <laughs> what am I answering here? I totally missed that. I 
I guess to summarize the email, some um, I, I I think he's concerned that I'm actually some like unhinged individual given my weird stances on a variety of things. Like how much of this like I want to punch Superman shit is an act versus who I am. Um, I, you know, I, so people put on personas yes, and do. acts when they do podcasts sometimes, even on streaming and YouTube and this and that. What you see is what you get with Charlie. Hundred percent. Think if he had the opportunity to just straight out cross hook Superman, he would in a fucking heartbeat. I don't think Charlie's the kind of guy to butter that up. Yeah, because it's Superman. You're, you're right on this one. I, but also like, it's easy to say that when Superman doesn't exist. This is true. Like uh, a lot of the hypotheticals I deal with are easy to take my extreme stances on because they're purely hypothetical. Like. I, 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 you, you've read the boys now. You've opened that Pandora's box, as you so put it. Um, like the boys paints. We're actually gonna read a second email because they kind well, of go before, hand in hand with each other. Before you go on on this one, let me just put this here. If Superman was real, we would be like, ah, maybe. But if Superman is real, we're also we can't just ignore that the boys aren't real. That's so which means. That would have to go hand in hand, which means if even in a hypothetical, you would still do it. So, like, let, let, think let's anyway. like let's read the second email. That kind of like we got a weird like both sides of my madness moment this week going on in the email. So, hey, wicked awesome cast. I this comes from anonymous. Sorry, hey, wicked awesome cast. I sub I suspect this is the only email this week about this topic. But can I get a further explanation of the idea of the? of the world where we live in that makes superheroes evil would be terrible. I found the idea super intriguing last week and when it was brought up and want to hear more. So it's to answer this question. I don't believe superhero exists. Uh, We're going far on this one to make a bunch of assumptions. Super Superman and the boys do not exist in the same kind of comic universe. There is a character in the boys that is obviously meant to be Superman. But, like, Superman as a character does not exist, and in my opinion, in the real world would not exist. I think if you took Superman, like, the, the origin of Superman is too charmed and, like, aw-shucksy, Midwesty, and too, like, 1920s to ever exist in the real world as we currently live in it. Mm. Like, it's, Superman just does not happen in a world where we have fucking Twitter and Reddit and the internet. Like, it's the... Superman could exist in that world, but the origin of Superman does not happen in a world where fucking cyberbullying is a thing. <laughs> like, th- there are so many ways to be terrible to people now that didn't exist when the origin stories of a lot of superheroes were written, so they kind of get to, like, blow by things like i like depending on like it's the a lot of gray areas exist in the superman saga but like to kind of bring the argument of the boys into this argument like it's the and like in a weird way to invoke a bad movie that will smith um superhero movie that i'm blanking on the name of um hancock, hancock. like there's a deleted scene in that movie where hancock's getting it on with someone he pulls out and shoots his load through the side of his trailer because he's a fucking superhero. He is kind of inherently slightly dangerous to the average person. 
at a minimum, the first time Superman tries to masturbate, he puts a hole through the side of the Kent's house. That's not in the comics anywhere. But, like, <laughs> if you're assuming normal teenage progression for Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, that happened. I would also then kind of invoke, like, the trailer for Brightburn. Take a, to assume he doesn't go crazy as a, te- as a kid, he gets to be a teenager. You are dealing with someone with the power to rip cars in half as a hormonal teenager. Someone gets hurt. Like, think about, like, every kid you knew from high school. Someone punches a locker at some point and puts that locker through the wall by accident. Or, like, he does a real good job of about keeping it hidden. Like, he doesn't do... He doesn't do sports, which is a big thing. Clark again, Clark Kent did suit, did football. You don't think someone picks up on the fact in the modern era that some kid is like capable of dragging four defensemen after him, or that like he fucking fakes it, or his performance is so inconsistent because he seems to be kind of like stifling himself, or worse, he accidentally cuts loose once and like runs through a dude. I the the whole principle of superheroes are inherently like, would make the world terrible is like okay so superman gets to being superman none of the weird fucked up shit i just explained happens like he's a paragon of self-control he gets that celebrity status again we live in a world with twitter and fucking social media and shit like that two planes crash superman stops one of the planes because they happen at the exact same time superman can't get to the second one we live in a world where, like, we're not going to focus on, like, hey, it's super awesome that plane was stopped. It's the, well, what about the second plane? Why the fuck couldn't Superman do more? Like, that, that is the culture we live in. Like, we're not going to celebrate the fact that something was stopped. It's the, we're going to dwell on the, the, the other terrible things still happening. It could have been worse, sure, but still a lot of people lost their lives kind of situation. That's just how the world we live in works. And, mm-hmm. like, the tick. On Amazon, weirdly enough, is doing an interesting thing where they have a Superman character dealing with the fact that on public social media and stuff, people aren't as into him as they used to be. They feel betrayed and stuff like that. And, like, all it takes is one bad day or one missed call or something, like, and, like, he gets vilified. At best, Superman decides to fuck off and leave, which means then for the rest of eternity, humans are like, fuck you, Superman, you left, fuck you. At worst, he decides to try and find ways to cope. And, like, does he go to a therapist? I don't know. Do they put him on, like, some anti-anxiety medication? I don't know. That shit has side effects. Does he take up drinking? I don't know. Maybe. What do you think happens when drunk Superman happens? And you could make the argument, oh, that can't happen. But if he's drinking to forget, he's going to find a way to get fucked up somehow. And, like, when you have someone with super strength and they're like, heroin stumbling about they're not pulling their punch them and they punch through a building or cleave someone in half or like a car hits them and someone dies in the car like it's the it is the coping mechanisms to the super celebrity when applied to someone that can like punch mountains to death that is the problem the boys touch on and then like the boys also extrapolates out the idea of superheroes in the real world like it's the if you're the superhero team in the Midwest, you're probably, in the Midwest of America at least, you're probably going to uh, uphold Christian values. For better or worse, like, you're going to have to get into what your neck of the woods is about. Charlie's edgelord team of pseudo-murderers 
does not play well in Utah. But like the the golden like the golden team, semi religious blah blah blahs, they probably do super great there. Mm-hmm. So then you have whether they believe in it or not, superheroes pushing political agendas or linked to political agendas. Like it's imagine if Superman was forced to get out there because he had to make money. Like it's the based on the same principle of eventually you get driven like because you always have to be doing more. You eventually have to become a full time superhero, which means you have to make money. Which means like you're taking on sponsorships. You're finding some way to make money off crime fighting because if you're not crime fighting all the goddamn time. Some internet trolls out there saying like, "Oh, why between the eight the hours of eight and eight and five doesn't Superman help people? Shouldn't he be doing more?" Again, it comes back to you're always going to have more demands placed upon you, so eventually you have to be superhero all the fucking time, blah blah blah, and you have to find some way of surviving, or you pull the Peter Parker from the most recent Spider-Man video game, where like you live in poverty and life sucks, but then in that case too, like again. People are not as moral for the most part as Peter Parker. Like, it, if you had a hundred Peter Parkers, eventually one of them goes, "Man, I need money. Let's rob a bank." I could do it super easy, guys. Yeah, it's so. Then you wind up with people like have to keep sponsors happy, like to take like the influencer approach to things, where it's like you have to keep the people that pay you money to keep your lifestyle going because your skills don't necessarily translate to making money or you are making money off them and you're like the mercenary superhero then and eventually someone goes like, yo, I'm going to pay you to kill the president. And do you take the contract? Do you not take the contract? Like, you don't because you're a superhero, fine, but then you're a bad gun for hire at that point. Like, it, it's... The real world we live in is too messy for the kind of cut-and-dry morality of, like, Superman comics function. It's why comics are great. You get to have escapism. You get to not live in the real fucking world that we all have to slog through. Like, Superman never deals with taxes. <laughs> like, how many times during the tax process do you want to punch a wall because taxes are terrible? This is true. I don't... You think he'd qualify for tax exemption then? No! Clark Kent does not qualify for tax exempt. Well, that sucks. Like and that's now, Piper makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It, it's 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 all of these things where if you add all of the normal annoyances that comic books just kind of wave away, like, oh, it's okay. Assume Superman is tax exempt. Do you really think in America alone there wouldn't be a group of assholes being like, well, why do I have to pay taxes because Superman doesn't? Are you saying Superman's better than me? Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, and again, all of this I could easily talk about and make jokes about and take like bizarre stances on because it's not real. Like from a paranoid, crazy person's perspective, do you really think I would feel comfortable shit-talking Superman if Superman was real? No, that dude can kill me. Super easily. And I would never see it coming. And that's the angle of life with superheroes would be a nightmare. Like, it's the, even if superheroes were like people are bulletproof and twice as strong as people, that's still a giant problem socially, hypothetically. We're like, it's like, okay, this person's unkillable. 
so they can do whatever the fuck they want. Why? We can't stop them. We literally don't have, like, it's the public opinion, like, it's the, they could spend the rest of their lives being hunted, but we have no active way of putting this person down. Fuck. Yeah, I, all this is fun to talk about because it's hypothetical, like, the Star Trek stuff I tear about is fun to tear apart because, again, it's hypothetical and people, like, I only tend to focus on stuff that people, like, choose to, like, hardline as virtuous and all that jazz, like, in the U.S., we had a politician a couple years back say, like, we should embrace science the way that Star Trek does, and that's what kicked off my whole, like, you understand Star Trek is built upon a slave labor class. Like, mm -hmm. the world is imperfect, and people like to cling to clean, perfected images of what they think the world should be like, and I think that causes lots of problems. Hence why I spend lots of time, not, not lots of time, like, this is just how my brain works. Like, take it one step further, my job in the real world is to pick out the problems with things. That same mentality that makes me do that like for engineering projects and stuff also works to shit like comic books and media I consume. Like it's it's there. When me and Alex talk about Endgame, I'm going to bring up a plot problem I have with that that there is not a good fix for. There is no way of justifying it, but also most people aren't going to notice it that movie is cool and you have to have my brain not my brain specifically, you have to like think in the world the way my brain does where it's like I get paid to look for how things are going to kill people occasionally like it's, it's literally part of my job it, it takes a certain mentality to kind of not happily but like easily think about that process like where it's like yeah it, it's weird like and not everyone's cut out for it too like, and it's not brag that's just a like some people are geared to think about things certain ways versus others. Like I, Alex would find certain parts of working in the theme park industry horrifying and devoid of magic. And I suspect like the things you do at work, Alex, would make me want to blow my brains out because it's just, oh god, people are stupid. Yeah, and I don't have the patience for that. Yeah, I, hopefully that answers both questions. I don't fucking know. That was a lot longer and more serious than I thought these emails would be. That go. was the, the longest answer yeah. I've ever heard you say about something. That's fair. Next email? Sure. Dear Rick and Awesome. Sorry, we got a third one, don't we? Yeah. Dear Rick and Awesome cast, with the release of MK11 this week, it appears that NetherRealms has successfully released five critically and player acclaimed uh, games in a row. While an impressive feat on its own. When compared to other fighting game developers, this output and success rate seems absolutely insane. While I personally prefer Street Fighter over MK and Injustice, it does seem like NetherRealm have become the current kings of fighting games. Thoughts on this? Nope. They're not the king of fighting games. As much as I like playing Mortal Kombat games, I would rather watch a Street Fighter tournament, in all honesty. Yeah, I'd rather watch that or Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Like, I'll, I'll watch MKX, or an MK11 now, just because I like watching Sonic Fox just destroy people yeah, in that I'm, fucking game. Yeah, I'm curious about Evo this year, actually. Like, I, I, there's less of a kind of combo reliance in this one that I think will make it more fun to watch. Like, Mortal Kombat previously used to be, like, a long chain combo fighting game, which is just boring. Like, I, I still stand by the best game to watch fighting game-wise was Killer Instinct. But, that had its own mm. problems to watch. Mostly because that thing was hype as shit with no frequency. I, From a dev standpoint, yeah, I'd, I'd say they're probably top tier at, at a minimum. 
just because like Street Fighter can't do anything fucking right these days. But they're Street Fighter, so it doesn't really matter. To a certain degree, maybe, but yeah. Are you forgetting how upset people are at Street Fighter constantly these days? Like, they can't do anything without pissing off their fan base. And there's no proof we're getting a Street Fighter 6 anytime soon. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Like, people fucking loved 4. 5 has been a contentious, bumpy ride. Yeah, I really enjoyed 4. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, to this guy's point, like, MK11 is fucking impressive. Like, from a, they put out a game two years ago standpoint, the fact that MK11 is, again, like, it's on that weird NetherRealm cycle, like, it's like, holy shit, do you think Capcom could produce this? No. Do you think Arc System could? No. Like, hell, we're getting five characters added to uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. They're acting like it's a big fucking effort, too. It's like, oh, we could not do more. I feel like you could. Put a game out. <laughs> Maybe less Gokus. Or just more Gokus. We need all the Gokus. There should be a character in that game called All the Gokus where it randomly picks a Goku every five <laughs> seconds for you to play as. All the Gokus? Yeah. yeah I like this. <laughs> all the Gokus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's from a doing work standpoint. Yeah, Netherrealm seems to be just straight up killing it. Like I don't like Injustice games, but they're super well received. Like you're absolutely right. It's five games in a row that have gone over super well. Like, that same trolley interview I was talking about a while back with Ed Boon, they sold 10 million copies of um of I think it was like Mortal Kombat 10. That's pretty <laughs> goddamn good. Yeah, I don't know. I, they seem to be doing well. People seem like I I went from zero percent hype to super hype for MK11 with the like some of the stuff they showed off. I think. Definitely get their fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. They definitely do feel consistent. They do feel pretty consistent, yeah. but I don't think they're like they're at the level people seem to be thinking. I, I, they're good. Don't get me wrong. Who else is above they're, them? Then I guess like I don't think Capcom actually is. And as far as following and money goes for them, um, I would definitely have to say that. Uh, who was it? Um. Well, Tekken has always had a solid franchise. No, I, they're I huge think in Asia right. and Japan yeah. and all that. I was like, I, if we're going to combine the the Asian markets and all that stuff, yeah. like Tekken does way better. Um, I don't know so much about like the Guilty Gear ones so much. Those have well, been a little bit weird to me. Again, yeah, yeah. And then you have, uh, yeah, I mean, Street Fighter is going to be Street Fighter. Yeah. And when KOF made games, Street I don't Fighter know, got it, a Street Fighter. Yeah. KOF was also one I really enjoyed, but I haven't seen them much at all anymore, which is kind of sad because I really enjoyed King of Fighters. No, no I, think that, I think there's something to be said for, like, we've had, what, uh, Street Fighter Five for how many years at this point? Uh, I want to say maybe two? It's got to be more than that. Let's see. SF5 release date. 2016. So that was three years so, ago. So, three years, Yeah. February 16th, 2016. I think for reference, that means in the time we've had that game, three Netherrealm games have come out. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a great well, they've look. Been... No. Well, they also have bad following with the PC support. Like, they've been shit on really hard when it comes to that. And I, I was a victim of yeah, that. Yeah, no, so... and I'm not saying, like, but I got the impression Injustice 2 did really well on PC to the point where people seemed comfortable getting uh, MK11 for PC because of it. 
Yeah. I don't think I've heard good things about MK11 on PC right I now. I don't know. I haven't checked in on it. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it and see, but it's there for PC, or for PS4 for sure. Yeah. So. I mean, although if you think about it, technically, Street Fighter is under Capcom, and they did release MVCI between now and... Oh, yeah, because that Street went Fighter over real release. well. That one didn't go over well. Yeah. So, if, I mean, if we're going to count just Street Fighter alone, then I don't think that's fair. I, I, think, you I, think, you do try, I think you do count Street Fighter alone, because, like, it's... No. Because we're... You, at NetherRealm Studio. Do you think do Injustice you really think, and though, Mortal that, Kombat are two different games? You really think though that the um, Marvel guys and the Capcom guys are even the same teams? Yes. Really? A lot of those guys branched between both. No, of them I, I can believe bit. it. I just... And you, and you did say NetherRealm Studios specifically. You didn't yeah. say Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat 11. No, no, you're, you're so... you are right on this one. Although I think that causes a yeah. problem because that actively drags down their score because of Marvel. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we gotta give. I mean, we gotta give credit where credits due when it comes to Capcom. They do really good work sometimes, and sometimes they do really shitty work. SF Five is in kind of meh. Yeah, MVCI was garbage, but Monster Hunter World and those Resident Evil releases have been fucking god tier. Yeah, they're really good. So that's nothing to do with fighting games, but no yeah. but I, we started saying studios no yeah no if you take it wide it definitely makes it more problematic yeah. i would love to see nether realm do a non-fighting game i i'd be intrigued they could do one of those like weird like remember in n64 they had the uh the sub-zero story rpg thing no they didn't it never actually came out they they did there was an n64 sub-zero game i are you think of shaolin monks no mortal Kombat mythology sub-zero did that actually ever come out it did. It was for Nintendo 64. That was canceled. And PlayStation. Yeah, side-scrolling gameplay. Huh. Yeah, th- there was a rumored, like, uh, Scorpion and um, Sub-Zero game that... Maybe that's what I was thinking of. That one never came to fruition. I would fucking love Shaolin Monks, too, personally. Like, mm. the story modes for all this shit to the, uh, in, in MK9, 10, 11 are just like, man, you could do a real good Shaolin Monks, I think. Yeah, Real it cool. didn't do very well though. This game did not do very well at all. Mythologies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember playing it though; it was fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, we got some breaking news. Oh, what do we got? PewDiePie is officially calling for an end to the "subscribe to PewDiePie" meme. Oh, is he? I'm sure we'll talk about this more next week, but yeah, I will talk. My about news this. filter just was like, "Yo, update on gaming shit," and I'm like, "This isn't gaming shit," but huh. <laughs> PewDiePie is life, bro. Yeah. Subscribe to PewDiePie. <laughs> uh, it, it, I'm reading this now, some. Like, in his defense, it's like, yeah, that whole Christchurch shooting thing, that's when it should have ended. That's when it got real bad. Yeah. It was all fun and games when it was a meme. Yeah. I'll give him kudos on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah. There's more time to dig into it. But, yeah, those free emails this week. That does it for the podcast. Anything you want to see if we get the hell out of here? Um, be sure to check out streams in the near future, especially with uh, I'll be doing um, what do you call it, Mythic Jaina progression in the near future. Maybe even some Division Two at some point. Now that I got my little setup going, so yep, yeah, I have shelving coming this week, so I may have some studio progress. So. 
make it up and running on my end in the near future. Not super near, but maybe by the end of the summer. That'd nice. be cool. Watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> and then we'll have to plan our Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah, I, I want to do that before it gets too irrelevant. Um, yeah. That will show up in the same feed if you want to hear about it. Fucking skip it. We understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Also, my social media is have online. Follow them. Have fun with that. <laughs> All right. Do I have anything else to say? You want to close it out or should I? Yeah, I'll close it out. Finish your victory lap. Um, thank you. It is my victory lap, and I will enjoy every second of it. You the best. <laughs>